ole, 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 ole. No? <laughs> Welcome to the straight cut. Hi, man. <laughs> this is Mark. We're throwing everything off. <laughs> Apparently, we're, we're not even going to do our real intro. I know. We're not. But we're in Weston Cigars inside the members' lounge. We are. So what's up, everybody? Let me do that. Do that What's better. up? Um, we've got a, uh, a fun guest tonight. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. We both have. Last week was yours. The week before was, I guess, both of ours. But this one's our, yeah, ours as well again. Yeah, we've uh, we are we've been excited about this one. This one's we've had circled on the calendar for a while. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing tonight is, as you can tell by the intro that I butchered very yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, we have the uh, the president of the Red Watch, the Little Rock Rangers Support Club that I'm a right. member of. And we have Ryan Stallings in here tonight. How you doing, my man? Great. I feel all kinds of pressure now that I'm <laughs> apparently sitting down and talking to me has been looked forward to. It well, is. It's just because we are... We're uh, both big supporters of the, of the, of the well, club. And, and just, you know, in soccer Huge in general. Huge soccer fans. The Venn diagram of specifically Arkansas cigar smokers and, and cigar... Soccer smoker? Did I say that? Did I say so- soccer smokers? <laughs> the did. Venn diagram of <laughs> cigar smokers and soccer fans, it's very limited. It's about 15 people, I think. <laughs> and like 14 of those fuckers are all of the same club fans, you know, it with is. Man U. So. It, there's not there's not a ton of, uh, yeah, that is. We do come up here on Saturdays and Sundays and watch a lot of Man U games. Really? It's strange, but yes, you should join us. I know you're not. I, a, no, I can sit and watch as a casual hey, observer. We, yeah. we, wa- we watched Tottenham and uh, we Arsenal did. today, and then we watched. Uh, I did not, but kind of glad <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> we got three points. It was ugly, but yeah. we got we got three fucking yeah. points. This is true. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a tough game for me because I kind of wanted you guys to draw today because yeah. that would have been the best for Manchester United. Okay, so um, other fans do do that. I go down, okay, I need them to draw. I need this guy to win today. Lose next week. Yeah. Yeah. And well, because what it is, it's a, it's a fight for second. It re- yeah, City, absolutely. City is running away with it. Oh, no. Will gave me a couple of weeks ago, gave me the whole, no, we can catch City speech. And I went, I don't know what you're looking at because I'm looking at a team that's playing better than us. We beat them, actually, strangely enough, because we're kryptonite to them, but. They can't lose to anybody else, so I don't. I don't know how we're catching them unless we're playing them every week. So I started listening to the Grumpy Pundits on uh, yeah. Sirius. Have you ever heard? Listen. Oh, to them? I listen to them all the time. I've never heard of them before, and Will told me about them. Yeah, uh, last week. So I started listening to them like Thursday. So they're just going off and everything. I'm like, I fucking love these guys. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And one of the guys says. Pep looks like he slept in his mom's bed until he was 17. I was like, I love the dude. I love him. <laughs> oh, that is so Dude. apt. <laughs> like, terrifyingly accurate. And it's and then he was like, and then he went off on uh, on Jurgen and everything. I'm like, oh, this dude is hitting all the chords. Yeah. And then I turned it off before he got to United, just because. <laughs> oh, right. oh no, they rip. They, they rip everybody. I they assume. rip everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to hit unfollow right after hitting follow. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty good show. They, their morning shows are uh, obviously heavy, heavy, heavily European. Yeah, and uh, they're very strong. It's, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I've I've loved. I mean, the one day that I listened to it, but now it's like, okay, Levitard show comes out at like ten o'clock. I can now listen to this between like when I get to work yeah. at six, and I was like, all right, I have that filler gap, or I can listen to whatever I need to before my routine starts. So. Yeah, no, nope, it's very good. If you're if you're into European football which mm. we're going to refer to properly f- for this show so everybody else knows translation that <laughs> because means because soccer we, because we do have a big european following so we do better, better we do actually have a lot of europeans <laughs> oh my god like 
let me tell you, like Lithuania really likes this. Sweden, uh, the UK, Germany. I think it's because they don't speak English. <laughs> well, somebody has to because it isn't this fucking nonsense for 101 no, episodes sure. now. But how many? How incredible it is that all these Scandinavians are listening to this to practice their English, and then they're coming <laughs> over here, and someone's going to assume they're from Arkansas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> They're going to go to New York City and they're going to go, where, where are you from, that's Arkansas? That's a, that's, a, that's a weird dialect. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, so we are smoking tonight. Smoking the uh, Perdomo 20th anniversary Sun Grown. Nice. Um, I haven't smoked this one in a minute, so I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you grabbed this one. I'm yeah. so sorry if you guys hate these. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't realize it. I'm a Perdomo fan. I, I like this one. This he, is a great choice. Yeah, no, choose no, one and get three of the yeah, kind. No, yeah, it was no and pressure. I thought I had to no. smoke three through one podcast. <laughs> That's right. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. No pressure. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Here's a humidor. Pull, 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 pull. Pick three cigars. <laughs> yeah. No, so we'll, we'll, I'll dive into the, uh, the blend on this yep. uh, later on in the show. And, this is... Uh, we look, we're big fans of Perdomo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, no. I, Perdomo makes Perdomo is one of the brands that is uh, specifically like the the double vintage. Like I, I sold four or five of those today because of people that were coming in that wanted something light. They wanted to try cigars. I'm like, can't go wrong with that double vintage. Yeah. So, but we'll uh, we'll dive into that. Um, let's start with like. Uh, the meat of the bones. Let's get the cigar shit out of the way, you know, since it is a cigar show. Just go ahead and get yeah. that knocked out. And, sure. Uh, and then get to the fun stuff that you and I are really looking forward to. Sure. Well, I'm interested in hearing about, you know, cigar history and all that stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So how long have you, uh, how long have you been a cigar smoker? Well, I actually grew up around all of my aunts, aunts, actually. Yeah. Aunts, uncles, mm-hmm. uh, family, grandparents, smoking cigars. I was just kind of synonymous with when you got the family together, they were, all the adults were going to be smoking mm-hmm. coming from a Cuban family. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my uncle that could afford it and we never asked how he actually had stuff directly from Cuba. So mm-hmm. I just kind of grew up around those <laughs> scents and, you know, and then when they left them on the tray, the cousins all thought we were cool. Yeah. Eight year olds, stick them in our mouths and chew on them. Nice. You're, you're not you're not from Arkansas originally. No, not not originally. I'm from Florida. Yeah. What, uh, what part of Florida? Uh, North Florida. Okay. Apparently, I have a very distinct North Florida accent. <laughs> a West Bromwich fan told me that lives here in Little Rock. Actually, <laughs> wow, like, a West Brom <laughs> fan. That's a that's a deep cut, right? So there. where where in so like in the the Panhandle or no 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 that that's Lower Alabama. Right. So it, it's there by. Uh, Drawn. So you're in Florida Gator country. The heart of Florida Gator country. I grew okay. up about 30 minutes outside of Gainesville. Okay. Went to school in Gainesville, but okay. remained a Florida State fan through and through. Several. I have several uh, great friends who are Florida State fans, and I understand that's not a friendly rivalry. It isn't. And I think it's a lot like, you know, we're talking about a Premier League fanships. Yeah. Um, here in Arkansas, I'm removed from that day-to-day rivalry that permeates everything. Yeah. So I'll run into Gator fans here in, in mm-hmm. Arkansas, and it's friendly banter. And I'll go home for a long weekend, and it's just right back in it, childhood <laughs> friends. Right. I have memories of being five years old in little, like, youth soccer or baseball, and other kids' parents would wait for me to show up so they could taunt me. About who won the most recent football game, and yeah. I would cry if yeah. we lost because I knew what was coming for the next twelve months. Right. Yeah, well, that, that's the you know that we've talked about rivalries before, but there's there's two kinds of rivalries, right? And there's those uh, I think of the Cub Cardinal rivalry in baseball, which is you know friendly generally. My wife's a Cub fan; I'm a Cardinal fan. And then there's like the Yankees Red Sox fan, or the mm-hmm. or the Dodgers and 
the the Giants is probably a better example mm-hmm. where people like get really genuine where it's like not they get shot in in the right. parking lot the dodger giants yeah. one is a little over top right <laughs> so i'm uh, like you should never get shot over a sporting event but yes i i know because the florida state one i got a friend locally who, who explained it to me that it's not it's not like totally friendly well it's like i mean i mean it's not like a lot of hugs and laughing well it's like chiefs raiders chiefs broncos like my mom's best friend is from Denver. So when they worked together, it was always like, they always had like a side bet. Whoever loses had to come in with, you know, either. Well, that's fun. Like Broncos gear on or chiefs gear on. And for the longest time, you know, the chiefs just were God awful. So wore a lot of Elway jerseys, you know, I had a youth baseball coach who knew I hated the Gators and purposely named our baseball team, the Gators and made us wear orange and blue (laughs) just so he could smile at me showing up on game day. That's a heady play. Ish. That's, oh, it was. That's, that's kind of next level. <laughs> it I, <okay>. really was. <laughs> right. You just want to go. But, you know, here with the Little Rock or Central Arkansas Tottenham supporters group, um, we have Brits in the group and you know, a bunch of Americans like me. Yeah. And Arsenal's group here in Little Rock reached out, hey, guys, why don't we meet up for the you know North London Derby and we'll, you can come over to our spot or we'll come over to your spot. And of course, all the all the Yanks are like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Of course, we all play with each other at Burns Park, or we all know each other from school, or we all run in the same circles with youth soccer or mm-hmm. going to Rangers games. And the guys from England were like, "Absolutely, effing not, <laughs> not doing <laughs> that." No, I will not share space with them. So where right. where where's the uh, what what bar is there? Is their so, home base? So Tottenham, uh, Little Rock Spurs fans meet at. God, why have I drawn a blank? At Fassler Hall. Oh, okay. Downtown. Oh, nice. And then the uh, Hillcrest Station, or Hill Station, is where Arsenal meets. Okay. Because I know Poole is uh, Hibernia. Yes. Because he's, I mean, he's a big supporter. I, I walked, one of the first times I, ever, I walked in there, I was wearing a United jersey. Oh, no. And he was like, get the fuck out. I was like, <laughs> what? And then I saw, like, the giant Liverpool stuff behind him. I was like, oh, my yeah, bad. like eighty <laughs> percent. My bad. Of, of the wall decor is Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so where's the United one? Is it Buffalo Wild Wings? Honestly, I don't. I don't. Apparently, really it's know. at West End Cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it probably is. I know that, that I'm on the Facebook group, but they always like meet outside. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know that there's a bar. I don't. I don't know if there is or not. I'm not a. I'm not a member of. Okay. Of and it. then the Man City group is in all their own bedroom closets, wherever they may be found. <laughs> we agree on that. There's actually uh, uh, there's a rep that used to be here for art uh, for uh, Ashton Ashton Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul Rorax. real nice guy and but he he comes in and he's wearing no socks with loafers and he's and he and he and him and I are talking about soccer and he says uh, what are you a fan of and I said uh, Manchester is red and he said <laughs> oh I'm a city fan and so I texted him <laughs> and said the Ashton rep is. Uh, is wearing no socks with loafers and is a city fan. And uh, <laughs> and two years later, he was on our show. He was. And he's a super nice guy. I like I like Paul a lot, but it took me a while to get over those first two things because I'm like going, wow, I, I don't know what to say. But I, I, so like, I mean, we've talked about how we became fans of our respective yeah. clubs. And I like the way how he became yeah, he a was fan cool. of his. Yeah. He, uh, his favorite band is Oasis. And he was like, all right, who do they support? They're 
city, so. And they play Wonderwall at the game, Mm -hmm. although uh, I was watching the city game and I didn't hear Wonderwall ever, and I heard uh, several Beatles songs, which I thought was from Liverpool and not Manchester, but I was listening for it, just saying. (laughs) I I love when I see Reed here. Because watching him just get heartbroken this year off off pool, be like, it's all right, Reed. You never walk alone. <laughs> and aren't pool fans so funny on Twitter too? Like that you think they are experiencing the worst season ever. Yeah, it's like wow, guys, you got spoiled in two years. Right, you really did. They were really really good last year, but it was one year, and they kind of ran through the raindrops last year with yeah. all the injuries, no injuries. Yeah. But yeah, I was listening to. And I know we're going to get back to cigars, but you know, now that we got to Liverpool, I was listening to someone actually talk about how the number of supposed asthmatics that play for Liverpool throughout the lineup is like ninety percent of the roster, and they're all on a very specific medication or inhaler that is apparently supposed to increase your lung capacity, but right. it starts running out after three years. And it was like the craziest story, and I never followed up on it, but it was like how. Bizarre. Yeah. Well, I now, think your whole story about the Man City fan, I just want to know, did he have one or both collars popped on his two layers of golf shirts? <laughs> he was actually wearing, they're required to wear suits, so I've never seen him out of his suit. You know so. how I said we have a lot of listeners in UK? We're pissing off a lot of people. Yes, we are. We are. Yes, we are. You know what? The, the funny care. part, yeah, you know, it is, you know, they'll. Like you said, we're fucking Yanks. We've pronounced wa- everything wrong already. We so. already have. <laughs> I was walking through a hotel in Austin with my Manchester United uh, uh, shirt on one time, and the lady says, How could you ever pull for Satan? And I said, I'm looking down. Because <laughs> like, I, oh, no. I don't even know what shirt I have on, right? right. It's just a shirt I pulled. Because I might have been out drinking the night before, yeah. and I'm like going, uh, "Do I have a Satan shirt on?" And I said, "For the record, it's like people overseas pull for the Yankees because they're the only people on TV. They're yeah, the only yeah. people on TV. You yeah. give me some other soccer, I'll watch it." And it's one. I mean, like if I became a, a you know a Premier League fan now, I don't know if I would choose United just because you, you have a, a wide range of stuff now. I might choose Leicester City because like, like I'm a in huge the ni- Jamie Vardy fan. Yeah, you got... Oh, I love Vardy. I mean, you want a fucking hooligan on your team. That's a fucking hooligan. He played a season with an ankle monitor. You can't get more fucking hooligan than that. Dude beat an ass in a guy at a bar, went and played for <laughs> Leicester the next day. I, I mean, know. But he's but he but he's also amazing to watch play. Oh, yeah, and you know if he played for any of the big six, he would have all or traditional big six. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you know there would already been the rights to his story for a movie would have been oh, coming God, out. Yeah. Just some guy yeah. really gutting it out in the lower divisions for years. Yeah, <laughs> well, and he's he's great because the play will run against them for twenty minutes, and there'll be one suddenly there'll be one ball over the top. He'll catch it up, and he'll score, and you'll think. Well, that is completely against the run of play, and I completely knew that was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> right? That's exactly what's going to they, happen. They are the team Mourinho wishes yeah. he was managing. I'm totally surprised that they haven't, because Vardy is the guy you want, because he's got such such mad hops for a little tiny guy. Mm-hmm. So, do you? I mean, you you smoked for a while, yes. and obviously you have. Uh, do you do you remember what's your you know what's your most memorable cigar? Do you have? A cigar that really strikes you is like a the moment or the people you smoked it with is is a mo you know. So to tell to tell on myself the the first time I actually smoked a cigar, I uh, just wrapped my freshman year in college, 
uh, childhood friend was back from the Pacific Northwest, and I was actually about to leave to go work at a kind of a military-style camp for troubled youth. And so we, we got out in a paddle boat in the middle of the night on a lake in Florida, and he had brought some with him to this day. I don't know what they are. He can't even remember. And, you know, for someone that grew up around cigars, did not know how to actually pull on a cigar. And I spent, like, the first two weeks, you know, after that at this military school, just my lungs hurting. <laughs> like, like, oh, Oopsie. God, guys, it feels like I've got them locked in a vice. What is wrong with me? Um, it wasn't long after that, though, when I came back from that and started my sophomore year. And, I, it, you know, sounds so bad because – um, my personality is such that once I was, I truly get into cigar culture, I'll like read the ins and outs of it. I'll buy every book on it mm-hmm. and I just haven't had that moment yet. So I kind of got into Perdomo's and I've kind of stayed all in the Perdomo lines and I cycle through, you know, it's probably every couple months. It's like, okay, I've had enough of the Habano. I'm going to go back down. And now that they've got these, uh, anniversary barrel that's kind of where I've been probably for, I guess, since December of this last year. Great part about it's about the, time to switch it again. The Perdomo line, there's so much variety and mm-hmm. there's a lot of different choices. That's one of the things mm-hmm. I like about the Perdomo. I smoke, I mean, I, this 20th anniversary is a great cigar. So, I mean, it's got a lot of flavor. He, the thing I love about Nick Perdomo is they're all always consistent. You don't have to worry about it. They're always going to yes. burn. They're always going to be awesome. Well, and with so. their and their their uh, barrel aged varieties, those were the first ones I really remember. Not so much of a buzz, but just being really mellowed. And that was the first time I was like, "Oh, okay." So I am <laughs> yeah. actually getting something from a cigar. Those, yeah, yeah, those are cool. Well, it's, I mean, and there's only they actually barrel age damn near all of the cigars now at this point. But uh, I did not I've, know that. Yeah, uh, I mean the uh, the the uh, champagne was the first one. Um, but Ooh, I've, I've told the this champagne. story before. So whenever Nick Perdomo came here for our Two-year, three-year anniversary, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm smoking one of his cigars and everything, and there's a small stem, like, at the cap here. So I, I pull it out, and he sees me pull it out, and he comes over to me. He's like, hey, did you – is that my cigar? I was like – I was like, yeah. He's like, let me see it. So I was like, okay. So he gets it. He's like, <clears throat> where'd that box come from? I was like, oh, it's no big deal. He's like, no, that's a big deal. So I was like, all right, I got out of this box. <clears throat> so he checks, like, the uh, – like underneath there's like a, a code that's, you know, that he knows about. He like texts somebody down in Nicaragua. He's like, all right, got him taken care of. I'm like, Oh my God, what'd I do? <laughs> like, like you somebody found, got like, fired some box. <laughs> right. Somebody got fired. Somebody got fired. Oh, like, no. I mean, I mean, he did quality control, like at an event that he was just like shaking hands somebody and stuff. Got in and trouble. Then, I don't and then, think they got fired. No, they think there was something wrong with the product. No, that. I mean, yeah, he he does not want like he saw a flaw was in it, it so okay. he took like care of it right then, just okay. a little stem. Just I mean, it, it was no big deal. Like the, it fucking happens. But he he saw me like take it out and just like yeah, whatever. And then he instantly took care of it. I'm like, right. holy shit! So like, for you, just something? Oh, it happens. Yeah, it happens. And, and him, he's like, no, that should never ever happen. Yeah. So his quality control is that's why Perdomo is such a good brand. Yeah, it's one of the best mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> I mean, it's like I was kind of scared, like. I kind of wish he didn't see me do that now. I was probably single-handedly paying for the job of someone you got fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, one of the, uh, the small batch is one of my favorite cigars. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the, the small batch Connecticut's. <clears throat> yeah. The, uh, the, I mean, those, hell, those are 10 years, 15 year old, year old, I think yeah. 10 year olds. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's fucking, their stuff is, is, is awesome. The, uh, since we're talking about it, let me go ahead and, and run down the uh, the blend. Give and, you the blend. 
and all that stuff. It's tobacco. With tobacco with it's tobacco wrapped with around tobacco. And uh, tobacco. Yeah. Mark's got it. So it's a the wrapper is a Nicaraguan sun grown. The binder is a Cuban seed Nicaragua. Same thing with a filler. Uh, but they use uh, Condega, Jalapa Valley, and Esteli. I mean, so they have the three big hitters on on it. Um, and then it's barrel aged, eight year old. I mean, it's it's a lovely cigar. It's uh, one of the milder ones that I've smoked today, so it's nice that I can still taste it. So what have you smoked today? <clears throat> today, uh, what did I start out with? I started out Hold with... Hold on, i got to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I start out with today? Um, so I did a Undercrown Maduro. I did a... Subtle. Yeah, subtle. Um, I did the 601 La Bamba Espinosa. Double subtle. <laughs> that one man, that one wrecked my palate. Yeah. You should start with that um, right off the bat. <laughs> um and then I did the uh, Guardian of the Farm Night Watch. So in that order? Uh so actually reverse order. So Yeah, I was to say you should have gone with the Night Watch. So I did first. I did Night Watch, La Bamba, okay. and then the uh and then the Maduro. Okay. So this is definitely the lightest one that I've smoked today, and it's and you can still taste it. I mean, it yeah, has that. no, I don't know that I would call this light at all. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, I, oh, I say light, it's a lighter. Fall. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's a mid I mean, to three quarter. Yeah, yeah. So he's sitting, yeah. Aaron's sitting there, like, yeah. Ryan comes in talking about being Cuban. He's not the whitest boy cigar <laughs> choice. No, no, I would not call no. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, uh, because uh, Nick's dad is from. Is Nick's dad from from Cuba? I have no idea. I've, I've heard the story so many times I forget, but, uh, or maybe he might be from Nicaragua. I honestly don't remember. No. You know what though? I do love and is that when people have a love for something. So like cigars in this case, mm-hmm. and when you're like reading off the ingredients and you know, the process is behind it. Yeah. And that is where I, I don't have an addictive personality, but I have an addictive personality to the art behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys talk about like the craftsmanship and how like the thought process, mm-hmm. like growing up, even through college, I hated beer. I would mm-hmm. purposely work my way onto the girls' teams at parties for beer pong because I, as much as I hated flavored vodkas, <laughs> I hated them less than beer. Yeah. Right. And then I moved to Little Rock right out of college. Yeah. And that was when, at the time, we only had really one brewery of note 10 years ago. Yeah. And, but right after I moved here within that year, we had like three or four more opening up. Yeah. And so it was the artistry behind yep. brewing local craft batches of beer <clears throat> mm-hmm. in the styles. Yeah. And yep. so then I like bought all these books. Okay. Like this style. So mm-hmm. when they come out and they say, Oh, we've had a Belgian style. I know what that means. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, we put it, we changed up the ingredients slightly or aged it differently. There's yeah. a whole lot whole more to that. Whole different yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Because whenever I first moved here, I moved here in 2000. So you had, I think that was diamond bears first year. He, they might have not even been around yet, but when I first moved here, it was Vino's for sure. I know that. But now, I mean, there's God, yeah, we had, we, you know what, I take that back. So you had Diamond Bear, and I moved here in 2011. Okay. And they weren't in their current location yet. No, they were old location. Yeah, lost, they're, they're, by, they're, yeah, so. And, um, so. and then you had Vino's, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, a music venue, pizza place, doing craft beer. Actually, some of my favorite craft beer was actually brewed there. Uh, Josiah, I forget his last name. Mm-hmm. He did a Cuban pool porter while Ooh. working at Vino's. And he comes back and does it in really small batch, maybe once every two, three years. Yeah. And I'm heartbroken if I miss the announcement on Facebook or something, because <laughs> that's the only way I'll put it out there. So, oh, my God. The the Six Bridges Cream Ale is one of my favorite yes. from them. And the Lazy Boy Stout. Like, yeah. I'm a stout guy. That's yeah. one of the best stouts I've had. Yeah, I kind of run the Porter and Stout is sort of my like mm-hmm. lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the other pizza place 
downtown that mm. was originally um, out of Memphis. Yeah, what well, it was. Um, what was that? Because it was on the corner of uh, Clinton down there in the, yes. in the river market. Oh, it was Bosco's, Bosco's originally. Yes. Yeah, because they had the uh, the firehouse ale. Yes. Yeah. And then when Bosco's left and just, I guess, they uh, you know, constricted down to their one location in Memphis, mm-hmm. the, another pizza place came in and actually came the same brewing mm-hmm. and yeah. beer lines going. Yep. I think they closed. But within that year, I know when I came in, lost 40 open. Of course, they've kind of become the flagship of the state mm-hmm. in many ways. Sorry, Northwest. <laughs> um, and then we had uh, Rebel Kettle had opened right around the same time. Mm-hmm. Blue Canoe at the same time. Mm-hmm. Some Stone, these, Stone's Throw. Stone's, Stone's Throw, Throw, yes. And they've expanded it a couple locations yeah. now. We're, we're, I mean, we do events with Stone's Throw all the time. I, I love Stone's Throw beer. I mean, Arkansas, like Little Rock got uh, best brewery city in the South, I think like four or five years ago. I mean that's like it's you're going to you're going up against some heavy competition. You know Austin, Austin. Yeah. right? Just I mean yeah. all those big cities. Stone's Throw and Lost Forty both do really really good beer. But I mean Blue Canoe, and I, I don't know yeah. if they're are they they're still not, no they no. closed a couple of years ago and yeah. and and just recently I mean then a uh, Rebel Kettle changed into e. Uh, was it E six E six and they closed down. Yeah. So now it's like we we had like huge numbers and now it's like we're dwindling down. But those ones that are still here are just producing Big some time. quality some quality stuff. And we're yeah. starting to see a lot more um, partnerships on certain specialty beers mm-hmm. between the ones that are still here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember there being refined ale. Yeah, that was minority owned. Yeah, um, uh, you had a, a great a, little spot. Um, uh, uh, Blood Eagle. Yes. Blood Eagle Brewing. And I, I wonder what happened to those guys. I actually put like a couple hundred bucks down on them early on. You know. I think I still, f- I followed them on Instagram. I don't know. If, I yeah. never tried their beer though. But oh, really? Yeah. No, I saw them at a couple of the beer festivals. Really? You know, pre-COVID when mm-hmm. we had those. Yeah. What, 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 what <laughs> festivals? Yeah. What, are, what are those again? gather, just take plastic cups from folks and drink out of them. <laughs> we, were, think, we were so haphazard back then. Yes. You know, I, I think there is like that quintessential two punch that you mentioned, Lost 40 and Stone's Throw. And Lost 40 is that one that's going to make, you know, put Little Rock on the map mm-hmm. consistently with, I know they just won Best Beer in the Country yeah. um, this last summer. Um, actually, that's what the billboard said anyway. No, I know they did. I know a lot yeah. of folks there. I'm not trying to be harsh on <laughs> And then, so that's that one that's going to bring a lot of people. Hey, we're in Little Rock. Let's see if you guys have a brewery. It's what the one people are going to recommend. They have yeah. a great tap yep. room, great food, great, great offerings. Yep. That whole east end side of downtown has really started to blow up with other you know, options for nightlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our buddy's uh, a coffee house down there, Fidel's. Oh, you know uh, Fidel? Oh, well, we're oh, good yeah. friends with Fidel. Oh, I yeah. love Fidel. Yeah. Great friend. Yeah. Fidel and company, that, that coffee shop's awesome. That's the first place I took bear. Hell, I did a lot of the work in there. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah, all the, the backside where all that live edge wood yeah. is and everything. Yeah, that's all mine. It's amazing, Aaron. Thank you. I love, you how, I love how this town is like the biggest small town. And yeah. the smallest big city all yeah. at once. Yeah, you know, that, that it's area two is degrees cool. of separation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody, like we're the Kevin Bacon of city. Like everybody is everybody from somewhere, <laughs> some from somehow. Well, that, I tell you what, the brunch down at Lost Forty mm-hmm. um, is just off the. I'll line. still say one of the best Cubans I've ever had. Yeah, Cuban sandwiches. Like, yeah, okay. That is one thing I've hated really? since leaving Florida. <laughs> no, not their sandwich. Oh, okay. Let me finish. I, I did not preface that one. <laughs> one thing I've hated is there being really a lack of a true Cuban restaurant. Mm-hmm. I know oh, like I four or five years ago, someone had a food truck here and I was so excited. I took a bunch of coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. It was <coughs> awful. 
terrible. And they're like, oh, this is great. And I'm just kind of sitting like, oh, no. no. This is a poor representation. <laughs> yes. And every sandwich shop or cafe has a Cuban on the menu. Mm. And it's like, oh, we just slathered some brown mustard on it. And yep. it's got hand, it's got the ingredients. <laughs> and did you have uh, Fidel's? Oh, I did not know Fidel has one now. He did, and okay. it's off the menu, but I had it. Of course it is. And I would not. Um, <laughs> you know, every time I go, and it's like, oh, I want this. Like, oh, we just ran out. <laughs> like, yeah. Every time. Got to get there early. <laughs> so I don't know if it's authentic, because I, I know there's, uh, a, I mean, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a good judge of that. But it, the sandwich was amazing. Fidel's food is off. You know, you know what's crazy is Mo, so whenever she lived in Oakland, and she would go to a Cuban bakery all the time, she said the 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 closest Cuban that reminds her of Porto's, or I, I believe it was a tropical smoothie. Really? I know. Surprise, like weird, right? I wonder it's, if that's just like location to location and maybe they had some. That, like that we, sounds fucked up. We've had other ones and she was like, <laughs> and like the, the first time she had it, like she texted her whole family. She's like, oh my God, this is just like Porto's. And like, she couldn't believe it. And so I was like, okay, it's fucking like. Okay, it's well, there's a tropical it's smoothie. Tropical, tropical smoothie. The there's, there's one, there's one in every out. fucking corner. Well, back to Lost 40. Not trying to make this the brewery <laughs> episode. but That's fine. We like breweries. Okay, okay. Um, they're a Cuban sandwich. And they do, I mean, they go out of their way to like say it's the cheesy Cuban and they say it's their own take on it. Mm -hmm. Different bread, of course, you know, it's pressed differently. Panini press, yeah. But the flavor profile is spot on. Yeah. Is it? If I want to go over there and just close my eyes and eat that and I don't want to take the time to have to make my own Cuban bread and do it at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, the flavor profile is spot on. Now I have on. to go. It is spot on. It is the, it is my second favorite sandwich in the city. Ooh, it is your first. Okay. Um, uh, Hillcrest Artisan Meats, the Kirby. Yes. That is my absolute favorite sandwich in the world. Are they still serving sandwiches directly out of there or mm -hmm. is it all? It's okay. They yeah, reopened. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing it back at, yeah, uh, cause I know they, they went from HAM to district fair, then back to HAM. And mm -hmm. then I know they had some kind of relationship. So they got the, like, the, the yeah, Hillcrest station. So, yeah. but they're doing sandwiches out of, out of ham. So okay. it's not the smoked Turkey, uh, um, salad at, uh, <laughs> Burgess. <Yeah>. Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, you know, I recommended them and I had not been there in like eight years. I love that. And I place. told someone that I heard, you know, I knew they liked chicken salad or something like that. I was like, you gotta get the smoked turkey salad. And like, oh, uh, so I don't know about that. And then, you know, two hours later you get the all caps. Oh my God. <laughs> <Right. You know? laughs> I love that place. Oh yeah. No, that's I, I have not been to uh, Hillcrest. Dude, and, it's so good. I know. I mean, and it's such a simple sandwich. It's good French bread, butter, salami, fresh jalapenos. And that's it. That sounds good. I just I need to go over there sometime. So fucking good. Like, we yeah. make it at home now. You know, it's, it's, it's just not the same, though. So, another pre-COVID, and really hadn't done it for a year prior to, I would Uber drive on, like, nights we had major concerts in town. Mm -hmm. You get folks, well, what's good? And, of course, that's just, like, opening the floodgates for me. Let me nail off you know, all the breweries, uh -huh. all the foodie spots. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God. You know, I just had no idea. I was like, yeah, we're, like... We've, all, we've only gotten rid, Little Rock's only been written up like 20 times in the last three years as the secret foodie spot. And right. it's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's some, people came, there's some fucking gems. We just had some people come in, what, two months ago from mm -hmm. all, all around for all a, US, a herf. Yeah. And we, so we took them to, um, Buenos Aires, which is yes. one of my favorite places in Aaron's. And cigar, they, they have and actually, cigar friendly. Is it really? Outside. Yeah. yeah I'm on the, on the, and their uh, product has actually improved every year. Mm -hmm. They're, so you know, I'm a little guy. Their chicken and vegetable is so, is the best. Yeah. Their 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 grilled vegetables, you, I could just eat that. We went to a members dinner there. 
There was a vegan who just ordered the grilled vegetables. And I sat there and watched him all night. And I thought, that looks fucking awesome. There's I mean, a lot you're of at, vegan you're spots. At the, yeah, you're at the meatatorium. This is the place where meat goes. <laughs> you can put that. I mean, it's like, wait, you put that Trimaturian in anything. <laughs> yeah. You put that Trimaturian in anything, and it's fucking good. Was it Trover? Oh. It was Trover. No, it? it wasn't. It, it wasn't was the, It was the two artists who painted the box. Oh, that's right. The, the you, are, you are New York guys. Yeah, that's you right. are New York guys. But then across the way, you have the flying fish, and yes. then, man, the this place is a great place for food. Really you is. have Buffalo Wild Wings out here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People will be like, oh, what is Little Rock known for as far as food? And I'm like, I don't think anything that isn't elsewhere. Right. We just take it from surrounding states and we yeah. make it better. I agree. So I think, I think some of the best barbecue is actually here in Little Rock. And a lot of these too. places are really versatile that you'll you find. You just fired her, uh, by the way, from <laughs> Kansas City. Well, I think I, the barbecue is good I will here. say I think the Mexican food here is some of the best Mexican food all anywhere. Oh, now it has gotten there. I when I moved here, my boss was so excited to take me to was it Mexico Chiquito? Oh, that's not. <laughs> and no. he was like, he's like, oh yeah, this is a local staple. No, no. And no. we're like, oh, like, okay, so what's good there? He's like, oh well, you have to get their fruit punch. And I'm like, oh my god, if they're known for fruit punch, this is not going to be good. <laughs> not a good start. No, I mean, there's so many great little taco trucks all around. That's um, true. I mean, I go to Azteca and Bryant, fucking two times a week, like. They know I don't even have to order yeah. anymore. Like they see me, they see you come, they see me roll in. <laughs> That's the best. I mean, yeah. it is, but it, it it is the best until that one day where you want to change something, and then it's like you're, the burrito is already too. going. You're like, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I have to catch them at the door. Like, no, 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 stop, don't, don't, and, don't and make you, me. And the, it hurts them. I, you know, like you, you don't like my, them. you don't like, you don't like my thing anymore. Oh, no. This is like, just like want something look different. at me. You're, this is like this is half Azteca. I'm yeah. such a taco guy though. When I go, it's like yes, give me the 20 street tacos, please. I've never had a torta to this day. I look at it and I look at it and I look at it. This is going to be the day I'm going to get a torta. They now, they, now have, they now have asada fries. Like, I want to get that mm, too. But that just sounds like, good. I'm too fucking point. fat as it is. I don't, I don't no, need, the, but that I is another thing. Is like people wouldn't think of Little Rock typically is we've got growing international communities mm -hmm. all around the city. Yeah, I mean, you have There's UN, a huge you have Hispanic community in Little yes. Rock. Just nature of, of what Little yeah. Rock is. Well, look, I mean, you have Heifer International. That's bringing in a lot of... Know, international fair UAMS yes with their medical school a lot a of bunch. medical uh, community I yeah. mean it, yeah it's just I mean we have some of the nicest uh, Asian markets uh, we've got awesome Indian food yes um, I mean it's just yeah. ridiculous uh, Dassault Falcon bringing in a lot of the French well, yeah community. Falcon got the French and then of course yeah. they bring in a lot of people from former French colonies and African nations mm -hmm. yep. uh, Cameroon and Central African Republic I just saw we had a, a Jamaican restaurant here in Little Rock now two two yeah okay so I saw the one on Bowman yeah, there's one in Bowman Curve, and then there's one actually down the street from you guys and on the left after you cross over 430. Sweet. Yes. That's on the list to do shortly, so I just haven't got a chance. You, you started as a cigar episode and became <laughs> yeah. a beer episode, and now it's a foodie episode. Well, I, well, I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm drinking American Porter Bully Porter from Boulevard. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Hazy American Classic from Boulevard. Oh, the wheat. That's nice. Yes. It's actually really smooth. There's not a lot of unfiltered wheat. wheat. It's yeah. really nice. So they have that. They have like a at the uh, Royals and Chiefs games. They have a guy walking around with like this weird looking fucking backpack, and he's like pouring that on like draft wise. It's fucking the best. Why you watching? He's got a baseball. keg on his back, yeah, so he's not <laughs> now really watching baseball. <laughs> you know, I did want to come back to you know you thought I was dogging Kansas City mm -hmm. when I said that about Little Rock. Growing up in Florida, Florida doesn't have a distinct barbecue mm -hmm. culture either. 
So it was a melting pot, you know. You'd, yeah, and that's how Little Rock so, is. So, you know, I didn't, what I thought barbecue was kind of like you had your options of Carolina and Texas yeah. and dry mm-hmm. rubs, and I didn't know that it came from distinct areas. Another mm-hmm. one of those, I did the Wikipedia deep dive and mm-hmm. rabbit. You fall down, down the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but there's places here that when they do the burnt ends, mm-hmm. and they only offer it a few months a year, and I don't know if I should name them or not, but Whole Hog. Uh-huh. Whole Hog. Um, they're do, well, they're doing the burnt ends now. Yeah, when they do the burnt ends, and it's just, I feel like they, they hit a lot of the right notes with Kansas City style. They have dry rub options. They have brisket options. And it, it feels like a melting pot, and we are fortunate that we border a lot of these states with unique yeah. barbecue identities. I, th- I think Arkansas does or specifically Little Rock. Little Rock does pork well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So they, so they, I mean, because we're so, we're so fucking close to Memphis. And then I, I consider that, the, you know, the, the pork Mecca for barbecue. I, I'm hoping Nigel does not hear this because Carolina <laughs> actually considers themselves the pork capital. You, of the- you know, you know what Texas, Kansas City and Memphis people can all agree on that Carolina barbecue sucks. That's what we can agree on. <laughs> right. Nobody wants mustard base or vinegar base. I'm okay First with of all, that. barbecue has nothing to do with sauce. Yeah. True. <laughs> See, and then that's another group. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just not a shredded pork guy, and that is predominantly my, it's my wife See, I'm not, I'm not a, a I, I hate coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Don't put that shit on a sandwich. That's disgusting. <laughs> like that. It's like, whoever thought of that? I don't we, like it on sandwiches, but we, I love it on a burger. We drove oh, down to Orlando. Thing. I know, I know. Thing. Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> we drove down to see my dad, who lives south of uh, Tampa, and we drove like through Minnesota or uh, in uh, Port, uh, just north of uh, well, about Port an hour. Uh, Port Charlotte, um, in that area, so okay. an hour south of Tampa. Okay, in the, where the hurricane hit. Yeah. Um, yep. And he just moved from one side of the bay to the other. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank on the exact town, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fort Myers on the one side. Yep. And then Port Charlotte on the north side. Yep. yep. And so, uh, he's down there and, uh, we stopped in Gainesville at a barbecue place that was actually really good. And I guess it's like a chain that you have through Sonny's Sonny's yeah. and it was pretty good. And they had all the different barbecue sauces cause uh, you know, it was, but um, their meat was actually well done, which is the point I make to Aaron. You can talk about all the different barbecue sauces. I don't actually care. I want to know: can you can you smoke the 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 meat different yeah. meat? What are, you, what are you trying to hide behind a sauce? Right. Yeah. If you you're not trying to hide, you're trying to accentuate. <laughs> if you're putting sauce on the meat before I get it, then you're trying to hide something. <laughs> this place gets shit on a lot, but I like Dickies too. It's yeah. decent. Yeah. It's, you got another one nearby. I don't know. I've 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 eaten Dickies. I like Dickies. It's different. It's yeah. it's a lot more Memphis than Texas. Texas. Yeah. It's a lot more Texas. Is it Texas? Yeah, yeah. they offer brisket and smoked turkey. Yeah. Sausage. Sausage links and so it's not like salt licking those. Because my no. experience with Texas is salt licking the Austin. Well, I mean when you when you think of like Texas barbecue, you think of like Franklin's. Uh, you think just brisket. You think like pencil thick, you know, competition style brisket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the stuff I've had. It's like Franklin and salt. Like. Yeah, yeah. So that's Texas style. I wouldn't compare that to Dickies. But it te- I mean, te- I mean, it's a Texas brand. It's a it's a fucking chain. Okay, okay, okay. Dickies wasn't bad, but it's not Franklin's or right. Salt Lake. No, it's like, hey, how do we take something we're known for in Texas and, and make it make it go fast like McDonald's food through the drive through? <laughs> okay. And they've got sausage. It wasn't it bad. Was, it's, it's, it's Texas style. 
Yeah, well, I mean, so does Whole Hog. Whole Hog does a pretty good smoked right, sausage. You know what I want Whole Hog to do? Is actually cook a fucking Whole Hog one day, like, at the restaurant. Like, be your namesake. That's what I want to see. Like okay. the Costco rotisseries, but it's an actual hog <laughs> on a spit. <laughs> Just like a huge. I could respect that. It's because I want, I, want the, I want the jaw. Have you ever been to a Whole Hog? Have you ever seen a, a hog? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, I lived in Hawaii for a while. We, I mean, they, they threw, the, they buried that shit under the sand and then did the luau's and, st- yeah. and stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah. Can you imagine me living in Hawaii? I was the whitest motherfucker there. You're the whitest motherfucker here. <laughs> yeah, they, so they, they gave you all kinds of disrespectful nicknames. Oh my Polynesian. God. I mean, you're you're in Arkansas, and you're still the whitest motherfucker yeah, but here. Now, but now put me on the island. Like I, oh sure, I, bl- I like I blended into the sand. You couldn't see me. Sure. And then two days later, he blended into the lava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, I was. Uh, I got so burnt. Yeah. All right, let's talk about these cigars real quick. What are y'all getting out of them? Um, I'm getting, so, uh, I always get a lot of earthiness out of this cigar. Um, I'm getting uh, a little spicy, mm-hmm. but not a lot. Um, but I get a lot of earthiness out of this cigar. I get spice and oak, like, whoa, out of these. Once again, but you don't, you don't get woody. So I don't get woody. I get oak on the front end and then that little mm-hmm. bit of spice, just especially when you let it sit in the back of your throat. I mean, with that, with that sun grown, you're going to get that nice spice and, uh, the retro on it, it definitely livens up your uh, your nasal passages. Spice is, it's a pleasant spice. It's it's not overpowering. I would not call it birthday blend spice for sure. Um, and yes, I've not given that up yet. Um, we're, we're never going to give that one up. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, How many I episodes really, back do I need to go to find this? Um, probably about 10. Probably 10. Okay. It, it was, the, it was, it was no lie, it was like smoking a habanero. It was, was the really, spicy. It was, it was the hottest fucking cigar I've ever had in my life. Like it got to the point like where not even close. Wow. No, it was like it was good. Like yeah. it, it, we actually ranked high. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> ranked in the middle. It, it ranked in the middle. Seven and a half. That's three quarters. Now was that the feature of the cigar? Like it was known it was to be just, spicy or just unexpectedly yeah. spicy? I, I think no. it was just known oh, to be spicy, okay. and it was. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was just. It was fucking hot. Like our eyes, it looked like we just got hit with mace after <laughs> yeah. the show because, like yeah. we, you know, we we record with all our air handlers off, so it gets smoky up in here. Mm. But now, just imagine doing a show while pepper spray is just like being sprayed yes. <laughs> all the time, right? And like people still ask me, like when they t- when we like even on the Discord or whatever, they're like, was, oh, it really was, the- was it really that hot? I'm like, dude, it was a it was a it was the hottest goddamn thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was so. My favorite hot. part is when you said. Yeah, you should have smoked it six months ago before we <laughs> aged it. And I'm going. You know, we neglected to ask Mark about the 23 unique flavors of what he's drinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody knows that I'm drinking barrel-aged Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Gross. You know, steel barrel-aged. <laughs> yeah, steel barrel-aged. I wonder if you could, like, uh, age a cigar with, like, I mean, they have, like, rum f- stuff. all that kind of, mm-hmm. Could you do that with a soda? You know who we need know. to ask is the uh, cigars and soda. That cigars would, and soda would know. He would. He would. He would know. I, by the way, today got my delivery for the cigar and scotch tasting on Wednesday. Ooh. Oh, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday. yeah, Wednesday. It's the St. Patty's Day. Yeah, yeah. Like two full bottles and ten little vials of scotches to try. Did you get the full bottle? Yeah, I got two full bottles. Oh, so you got two full. I, I, you you just said that too, didn't you? Yeah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> right, I know. He even gave you two hands. <laughs> two, you know, 
I was looking down because I'm, I'm looking because I'm going to get another beer. So I was hoping you'd just like yeah, van for a second. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I opened me. it. Um, I opened it while Paula was there because I wasn't sure why. Some she goes, I didn't know anybody delivered on Sunday, so I get it, and I open it up and I said, oh, it's Thank the, you. it's the. Scotch and cigar tasting, and I pulled out cigars to prove that there were cigars there. She goes, "Oh, that's nice." I said, "Yeah, that's Wednesday night. We're gonna we're gonna do a Scotch and cigar tasting." And I pulled out the little bag, little like leather bag, nice thing. And I pulled out the little tubes of. She goes, "What's that?" And I go, "Those are individual tastes of Scotch that I'm gonna try." Yeah. I'm trying to get her to not notice the two full bottles <laughs> of Scotch in there. And so I said, "Oh, there's your second her second glasses of the five and she goes oh that's nice well that's a big box for that and i'm going <laughs> okay you caught me what's in the box what's in the box <laughs> that's right i said there's 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 a bottle of scotch here and she goes wow that's still a pretty big box okay there's a second bottle of scotch <laughs> she's like going ah now we we sat out friday night uh smoking and uh drinking that talleyrand Dude, that bourbon cream, Jesus, that stuff is dangerous. Yep. It's, you ever had bourbon cream before? Yeah. Oh, my God. Have like, you had the one that's made here locally? No. Yes. Rocktown? I, uh, I, yeah, have. I haven't had it, but you I know, you I'm keep it. just local name dropping and getting us further away from the conversation. No, that's fine. Rocktown <laughs> Distillery here. It's very Rock. good. The Talleyrand stuff is only sold in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it is. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the local stuff is great. Yeah. This stuff is... So I've only ever had the Talleyrand, and it was absolutely amazing. This stuff is amazing. It's like Irish cream. You know, you drink really good Irish cream, which I've done. Yes. And then there's a a local... uh, One of the Colonial has four farms, which is like a single barrel Irish cream out of like like this, uh, I don't know, somewhere in, in Cork County, Ireland. And you drink it and you go... County Cork. County Cork. That's Southwest Ireland. Uh, yeah. 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 So it's by the coast. And you drink it and you go, well, this is like a hundred times better than the really good Irish cream. Cause That's it's just nice. like, it's where my family's from. If I just got that wrong, I'm just pissed off more of your listeners. <laughs> right. Well, I'm no, sure it, your family, like, like Southwest. Okay. your family okay. had nothing to do with it because it's fucking amazing. Wow. Harsh. I'm harsh. Oh, no. my God, man. I, if they do, then I, I want a discount because that stuff's amazing. It's just like it's <laughs> it, single barrel Irish cream. If it is, I want a job. I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? But the, but the bourbon cream, the local bourbon cream, because we got it. Um, uh, yeah. The, Josh and Josh I got it. It was, was really, really good. Yeah. Where was I? Because I was, was I not drinking? You were sitting in the chair, but you were drinking. Uh, oh, I was drinking Guinness. That's you right. You were drinking Guinness. That's a quality yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was drinking Guinness. Where's a bottle opener at? I need to crack open I've this bitch. And just to bring it full circle, uh, Rocktown, there's a uh, Hunter and food truck that post up there. Uh, Luis had, it's, uh, oh God, why have I forgotten the name? El Sur. And uh, I had a Baleada from there. First time last week. And I now loathe myself for all the days before I ever had that Baleada for not having it prior to that day. So Elser, uh, pre-COVID, would come to our office. And I don't know that I had that. Um, but that was one that we would we would check out. What is, because uh, it was like one of those where you read the menu and I'm. Yes. You, and you know what actually you just what made go, me stop <laughs> is I did not know that he had a rapist. Oh, and these arepas were outstanding, and we've got some great arepa places here as mm-hmm. well. The uh, the Venezuelan restaurant mm-hmm. in Hillcrest, 
Uh, that family up there is amazing. And that, that place is, I mean, that's that's Food Network famous. I mean, that that place, right? That's <laughs> what's the name of that place? That place is. Jeez, we are. It used to like, be Arcadia. And yeah, I don't know why. we are great with names uh, tonight. Because uh, yeah, it's, right on, it's right on the corner. Um, I have, a, I, have, I have people who come in. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a rum cool. bar also. Yes. Come yeah. in from out of town and they eat there. Yes. Um, because it's like famous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a rum and, bar. You know, really the family nice. just comes in and, and, and talks with you and meets mm-hmm. with you. And it's an uncle in the back that's making like your your paella mm-hmm. over yeah. the hour that you're sitting there. And, they, <sighs> and they're treating you to the rum bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This place is a great food town. It Again, really cigar is. friendly restaurant. I did not know that. It's almost like, you know, once... Most of us have gotten vaccinated or COVID is over. It's like you got almost got to take a vacation in your own town all over again. I got half, one. I got one shot to go. Half, half, yeah. Okay, don't brag. I know. I have not. <laughs> you know who's not cigar friendly? The fucking travelers who we've like talked up so fucking much in the past six months, saying like I can't wait to go back to a baseball game, sit in the beer garden, smoke a cigar. Nope, not anymore. So you know who we're not going to have on the show anymore? Anybody from the fucking travelers. Fair enough. That's me being. <laughs> that's me on my. Glad you're holding on to that. <laughs> if there was a sandbox here, you would have dropped. <laughs> right, you would have. He would have died on that sandbox. Yeah. Um, Let me take a note. Make sure that I get with the Rangers front office and make sure that we are cigar no. friendly. Oh my you god! Are, if, if, if I'm sure if you're War not. Memorial was like cigar friendly, we would never leave. That would be just the best. But they're not. It's a. It's a park. There's no way. Yeah, it's a national park. park. But they may allow us directly outside the stadium to set up <clears> an my, area for that. But on the other hand, what they do allow inside the stadium is good enough for me. Hey, I was happy because the. We, we, we haven't gone to a game in a couple, couple years. 2018. But they had like a beer tent like in the stands. You're welcome. Oh. Was that you? Because that was directly because of the supporters group. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we, so, uh, <laughs> we, uh, so that year, 2018, we went to four or five games. Uh, yeah. We went, you and I and Reed went to the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Against Tulsa. Against Tulsa. And we went to several of the games and I'm. We went to like the uh, preseason game, I think, yeah. and we went to several of the regular season games, and we went to the playoff. And wasn't game. the one at Episcopal like it was just like pouring down rain that just day. a deluge? Yeah, just yeah. it was like you couldn't see six feet in front of you, and it was brutal because I guarantee you that place would have been beyond capacity. Mm-hmm. Oh, for and the overflowing, for the, had it been nice Lamar weather. Hunt. Yeah, you know, and I it was it was a Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night, but yep. the city was excited, mm-hmm. and and what a premier little place mm-hmm. near just a downtown adjacent to be, and then it just rained buckets. And I was down there like two hours prior to the game, and we're walking through nearly knee deep wet. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen rain that hard in Little Rock before. No. It was so bad, and even then, we nearly had filled their high school bleachers mm-hmm. when by the time kickoff came. Yeah, that was a big deal. I don't think people understand. I mean, obviously, um, if you're a soccer fan, you understand because at the time it was um, the Rangers were in um, what what league were they in? They were in a... Yeah, so to, a, just to backtrack real quick, Little Rock uh, founded the Rangers 2016. Yep. And for me personally, I had gotten back into soccer, played it through you know middle school, always loved it. But at the time, even in Florida, it was kind of like the sport you play until you mm-hmm. grow out of it and play something else. And then just within 10 years of being out of it, suddenly it's... Boom. The sport in high school, really, yeah. yep. and, and kind of statewide. But you know, people just always assume Florida was that that 
state that was one of the soccer hotbeds and didn't, it wasn't for years. Um, and so I think it was 2014 during the men's world cup. And I was going downtown to the Irish pub to watch the U S men's games. And it was packed standing room only like sardines throughout the entire <coughs> at, pub at, out Dugans. The door, at Dugans. Yes. Yeah. Like poured out the doors mm-hmm. out into the streets. They're setting up TVs on the porches outside. So people, I mean, they had to block off for everyone to watch. And it was the game that we came back and won. That Dempsey scored. Yes. Yeah. So it was Algeria. A, it was a no. Ghana. Ghana. Yes. Yeah. Hated Ghana. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, that was our rival in, in a, international. Oh, man, yeah, it was such a random rivalry to have. It's so <laughs> unique, I guess, in world soccer. Uh-huh. Too, Once that. again, rivalries are built out of where, meaningful yeah, games. Yeah, that's where he went and kicked over the corner, uh, yes. the corner post. Yep. And, uh, I remember that. And the place just went nuts. And the bartenders were spraying the crowd. Mm-hmm. Bo- you know, beers went flying. I was there. And I had so many friends I took down there with me that mm-hmm. were anti-soccer for all the quintessential American reasons that mm-hmm. never watched. It's boring. It's this. Yeah. And what happened was the night before we went, I convinced them to buy whatever copy of FIFA was the latest mm-hmm. uh, edition at the time. And I don't know. I don't play this. And it was like 8, 8, 8 p.m. We go over there. I said, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And there's like six of us. Mm-hmm. And we all get in this game. And the first game, by the end of it, we had to go to overtime and then penalty kicks. And there's six guys crowded around the TV, shoving each other <laughs> to get closer. <laughs> and we ended up staying up and playing all night. And nice. then they got that was the game they got baptized into, into you know world football. Yeah. And have loved it ever since. So I was like, oh, I'm back in it now. I'm keeping up with this. And of course, then you're, you know, you always had Tottenham I was keeping up with, but now it's like, okay, I'm going to kind of watch um, MLS now at this point. And, and I would take trips with a coworker down to Dallas and we'd go watch FC Dallas games. So keeping up with MLS. And then you start again, you'd go down the rabbit hole. Wait, there's other leagues other than MLS mm-hmm. operating here in the States. And that's when Jacksonville, Florida got an NASL uh, club, um, okay. the Jacksonville Armada. And so I went back for their inaugural game, which was a friendly with the Philadelphia Union. Oh, wow. And we scored a goal in like 11 seconds into the match. <laughs> and there was like 12,000 fans there. It was played at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. And so we ended up winning like three to nothing. Union sucked that year anyway, but we didn't care. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, we have our own club. And then mm. the year after is when the Little Rock Rangers were founded. And then it was like, what? There's another level even further down? And then mm-hmm. that just opened up this whole lower league side of soccer in the u.s for me and you know start going to the rangers games little rock was named after the uh the rangers in glasgow um so uh, you know for me for being a celtic fan it was like oh no i'm gonna support a rangers team this is gonna be so hard but um going to one of their first games where there's like five thousand fans here at war memorial stadium and realizing Mm -hmm. there's that kind of appetite and it wasn't just oh we got all the youth teams in the state to come for free to fill up some some bleachers there's a genuine yeah. Oh, yeah. hunger, one for soccer, but I think two, just to have something Little Rock that we call genuinely to call, our own. To call our own. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and, you, and we mentioned the Travelers, and that has a place, but ultimately you're just some minor league team that now after this last year's cycle, we all know can be here today and gone tomorrow, mm-hmm. depending on the whims of the, the, the major pro league. Yep. And um, so I think that's where a lot of people, like we talked, we've talked about local food, local beer, local spirits here. And I was like, having a local sports team that is yours, yep. founded by locals, mm-hmm. founded by the families here in Little Rock. That, that locals that, play for. That locals play for. And the whole idea was to give local youth players an opportunity to see something that you can aspire to. Yep. And, you know, right now they're at the quote-unquote semi-pro level. Right. But there's very serious intentional steps being taken to mm-hmm. take us to the professional level. 
So in 2016, they joined with the MPSL, which, which is was, the National Premier Soccer League. Was that semi-pro at the time? It or? is semi-pro, and it okay. still is, yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about local – not only is it about local clubs and something for you, but how do you foster a successful club? Because, you know, they probably average 15 clubs come in, new expansion clubs every year. Mm-hmm. And every year there's 15 new clubs, and there's also 20 clubs that folded. Mm-hmm. And I think the average lifespan at that level across all leagues is two years. So to have a club that's now entering its sixth, it's and it's deal. become a club that has put Little Rock and Arkansas on the map nationwide, and a club that is pointed to time and time again as if you're wanting to build a local club in your market that's going to last, um, look to Little Rock. And yeah, what we, ha- we have the blueprint. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they, they've gone from the NPSL to now the next level. Yes, so originally this league was actually called the PDL, Premier Development League, and it was kind of operated on more of level terms. Um, They since had joined up with the USL, which is United Soccer League, and they're now the, if we had a true pyramid, USL Championship would be our Division Two directly under MLS. And then you have USL League One, which is also professional, and then you now have the former PDL, which is now USL League Two. So... Reese, until maybe three or four years ago, is probably would have been considered more of a lateral move. Okay, but it's it's actually a step up just because their standards of professionalism are much higher, and they really courted the Little Rock market. They wanted, and if it was going to be Little Rock, they it had to be the Rangers. They weren't going to come and set up shop with another club. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of negotiations uh, for months leading up to what that meant. There's a lot of things that Little Rock has a unique relationship with that we remain really staunchly independent, particularly with our branding and our name that the club continues to rights to, um, that usually would be more franchised within the league that we've remained independent. Cool. And it was something the club actually came to the supporters about because they were like, Hey, we know that there's sort of this, um, defiantly independent ideal for some clubs and the supporters in it that a lot of people have, have, have a stance that the USL is more franchise or more corporate. And I was like, man, what are the reasons for joining? And the real reason that pushed the Rangers was the professionalism across the league and the standards that they have. But also the USL has started a national academy league. And the Rangers have developed youth academy, both recreational Big and time. what's considered the competitive. Yeah. And this is the bridge for that first team. If we're going to have guys that are going to come back end of high school or we want them to come back to Little Rock, while they're away at college, and then the offseason they can come back and play for their hometown club, then we needed them to be in this academy league. So it'll be like U19, U20 teams. That's a big deal. And so those academies, we'll be playing teams from that have academies in the USL championship. So we'll be playing pro club academies and really getting a good measure of what Arkansas is developing as far as talent. (sighs) Yeah, that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I'm excited, you know, not, I mean, just not only as a soccer fan, but as somebody who, like we were talking about before, you know, it's all, it's a local, it's a grassroots project and just seeing what we can develop, you know, in the state and just in the U S alone, like, you know, premier league is, you know, top leader and you got Bundesliga and then you got La Liga and all that kind of stuff, but they're in Country-wise, they're relatively small. The U.S. is so fucking big. We have so much untapped talent out there that are playing football or baseball or whatever else that soccer just kind of gets... Esports. Yeah, look... look. Well, yeah, that too look, gets looked over. Yeah. 
but we could have, I mean, just such an amazing club at, at every state level. And then, I mean, we have, we have two clubs in Arkansas, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Two clubs in these national league. In level, the national yeah, league. Yeah. yeah. There's actually some quality clubs, particularly out of Northwest and a lot of the, um, the Mexican local Mexican leagues up there that have actually dipped their toes into some regional mm-hmm. cups and competitions that were allowed to be played during COVID over the summer that did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and made names for them like teams like Arkansas Pumas mm-hmm. uh, out of Northwest Arkansas. Um, and with this move, you know, going back to the local would also build it as local rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that really pushed the decision to go to MPSL originally is because there were teams in Memphis, there were teams in Shreveport mm-hmm. and people don't realize that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, because we had the uh, we had the I forty cup. Yes, when we first started, and it was like what, the first trophy was a road cone, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a traffic cone, <laughs> yeah. you know, a perpetual. <laughs> and it was the great story about that was Memphis supporters on their way to Little Rock were stuck in construction traffic so on the grab, highway, they and cone. they snatched a cone right off the highway <laughs> and brought it with them. Yeah. And that's one of the great stories there. And you know, it's again talking about longevity. Um, Memphis was kind of that they were in a different, they were in a different division. So mm-hmm. we didn't play them in the regular season, but we had a home and home. So we had our own little derby going within the I 40 mm-hmm. cup. Um, and then after I think their second season, they joined USL, but they folded for a year before joining. And then they played in what is now USL two, which we're not, the Rangers are in now, but that was just in preparation of moving up to the USL championship where they're at. You know, they have folks like Tim Howard as part owner and he plays mm-hmm. keeper for them. Um, so the opportunities for us to have exhibition games with these pro teams within the league yeah. has just grown. I know Tulsa and their championship team have invited us to play. Um, Memphis has know, a great uh, great facility, too. They really do. For yeah. a baseball park, and a uh-huh. lot of times that's really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job there. Yeah. Um, so when we lost Memphis, then it's like, okay, who's our who's our next rival? You know, the, mm-hmm. And it, it kind of became Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, again, proximity. Again, they were in a different division at that point. Um and it's so funny in the supporter section, you know, you have some supporters that can go a little over the line. You're kind of watch it. And I think the red watch is kind of like how we developed. You have certain supporters groups around the country that are, we are going to say the F word just so, cause we can say the F word, you know, mm-hmm. we're edgy and we're awesome and everyone wants to be us. And, you know, and then you have others that it's, it's like Chattanooga and the Chattahooligans have developed a brand. It's just very quintessential Chattanooga slash, I guess, Southern hospital hospitality really mm-hmm. um and i would say they're kind of the blueprint for a supporters group that if you're going to truly be all about the community and i think that's a true mission of a supporters group is you're not just there for the game days but you're there to support the players you're there to support the uh, the local community in ways that you can you bridge that whether it's with local charities and drawing attention and doing food drives um or supporting starting local non-pay-for-play leagues for you know, to access members in, in, in areas of your city and your local community that children typically wouldn't have soccer for them that you can access. It's building relationships with local schools, especially mm-hmm. for us. It's kind of like, the, the you know, everyone's going to know the state schools, but what about the local private schools or the smaller HBCUs in the community? How do you reach out? How do you make your local club truly be the club of the community and not just a club for the the uh, country club soccer, youth soccer clubs. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do you make this accessible? And I think one of those things is with War Memorial being so centrally located, a lot of folks did just walk down from the neighborhoods, like mm-hmm. Hillcrest, yeah. um, Heights, and being accessible in that way, yeah. that even though we're not a community stadium in the sense like you would find in Europe, where they're just built right there in the neighborhoods, right in the middle. we're still accessible in that way that a lot of you're, you're American markets yeah. are not, you know. 
And I think that's just another unique way that, and I, and I, you know, talking to the ownership at Rangers, they built this with a mission and they had a passion for it. And I think every day they're just shocked that people love it and want to find a way, Hey, they get calls. Hey, how can we help out? How can we volunteer? People like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked about the 2018 season, which if you were going to walk, wander into a season and, nice. and catch Little Rock Rangers fever. What a season to do oh, that. Man, yeah. you know, what to be spoiled. Yeah. And and also just the number of players that have come to Little Rock that ended up here on a tryout or were originally supposed to play for someone else, but then they got a call. Hey, why don't you talk to Little Rock and see if they'll have you up for a tryout that made the team. And a lot of these guys came from Spain, from Brazil, and then they kept asking and begging to come back to Little Rock. And when they would leave and they'd go back to colleges in New Jersey and Florida and California, and people were like, I can't believe you went to Arkansas for the summer. And the way that they would just love on Little Rock because they made relationships with kids in the stands, with families in the stands, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, the personal relationships and how they're kind of like, yeah, you know, everyone has this national perception of a Little Rock or Arkansas as a whole, but you're not getting the true picture of what that town is. Yeah. I tell you what. Because uh, we went to one game in 2017, I think. We, well, we went to the inaugural season, yeah, like once. Um, that was a brutally hot summer too. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was. And then 16. yeah, and then, and then we went to a couple year, and then we went to a couple the year after. But yeah. then we went to the most during the the Gold Cup run. Yeah. Um, and just seeing because I saw from the very first year to that 2018, and it was just like. Man, holy day. shit! Like this thing got good. They're so, and they're just, and there's so many fans in the stand. And then you have, yeah. you know, the Red Watch because I got you know Red Watch scarf and hat and shirt and stuff. But then like you hear like the chants, and everybody has their own like the you know has their own own chant and everything. And then you have like just the little kids wearing like the the jersey of you know just a high school player or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like man, this is so it's grassroots cool. and it's fucking awesome. And, you know, we even talked about like, you know, if we like, there's a chance that like they could play a bigger club. Like you imagine if like yeah. we have to host like the Chicago fire or, yeah. or, or something like that. It was just like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're hooligans at heart because that's, you know, <laughs> Actually, I we was just thinking that's a that's a cigar we should have done is the filthy hooligan. We should have <laughs> just thought about that one. The year was fun because there was there was some real talent on that team. There, oh, there really there, was. There, there was, and we talked about that night against Tulsa where it was Wynaldon, right? The the the, the goal the goalkeeper oh, Walid Walid. Yes, that goalkeeper that night mm -hmm. was yeah because we were sitting right <laughs> next to the Tulsa supporters. We were we were, and it was just like we were going back and, and, and forth. And you back guys were forth. going back and forth oh, with them, yeah. and, and and it was fun because and, and and but he he that night was on fire, and he single handedly won that game that night. Because I thought it wasn't like we scored late, in <laughs> late, the game. late. It was like in stoppage time. Yeah. Well. And to backtrack on that, you know, what you feed off of is, is the communities that also take it seriously. Because a town like Tulsa, they don't get the support that we do now. But in the years prior to the Rangers being founded, they had their own ballpark downtown. It was the former baseball park. And, wow. the, and, and the fans of that team, Tulsa Athletic, actually, you know, their own time, blood, sweat, tears, money went into redeveloping and remodeling it into a wow. soccer stadium. And I wish to this day the Rangers had existed when they were in that park because they were getting five, 6,000 fans. Wow. And it was amazing. And they were, the, they were that standard. And the way that they're still run, even though, you know, a new pro club came into town, took some fans, mm -hmm. you know, kind of took the shine off a little bit. They're still run so well. Yeah. And they have their finger on the pulse. And I talk weekly with a lot of their supporters still. 
But going back to that 2018 season, you know, the other thing is you're still, you know, with a lot of people that follow European local clubs won't realize when you're in a lower division that we would be fourth, fifth division, a lot of your games at that level in Europe, you're probably just crossing a few blocks. Mm -hmm. Here, we're still traveling four hours, five hours. If we're going to Wichita, it's six hours. St. Louis, it's five hours. Um, So when you can get visiting supporters to come, and then your local deal. fans get to see it, and they're like, oh, people care about this other places too. Mm-hmm. Right. And you build a kind of a community where you get along all yeah. but two days of the year. Right. You know, and those two days are when you're playing each other, and then right. all bets are off. Right. And so 2017, well, the 2016, so inaugural season, the way that that schedule worked out is that it was so front-loaded with home games for the Rangers. And there was some, you know, getting used to the ropes. Okay, this is what is expected to play at this level. It's it's not just amateur. Yeah. And, you know, it was brutal. A lot of losses at home, a lot of close losses to great teams. And then their second half of the schedule, they were on a road trip basically through the entire state of Texas. Wow. And they were reeling off wins. And we ended up finishing one point out of the postseason. Shreveport, another team that had just joined that year, ended up getting in by one point over us. And so they were in the postseason. We weren't. Flew under the radar. Came back 2017. Divisional realignment, so all the Texas teams had their own, and then all the other teams that had been the northern part of the division had their own, the Heartland Conference. And we'd also um, added a team, that team up north in northwest Arkansas, won't be named. And uh, (laughs) so, you know, so now we had, okay, now we had our own derby, which we named the uh, the Down River Derby, after the traditional name of Arkansas comes from the Quapaw Indians that lived here locally. And and their name for it, um, they were known as the Quapaw, because they're related to the Omaha tribe, and they refer to the Quapaw as the downstream people. So you're the downriver people. Mm-hmm, right. So we're the downriver state. So we have the downriver derby, which is a huge whiskey jug, and I'm proud to say Little Rock has held on to that. Sometimes <laughs> dominantly, sometimes very, very narrowly, but we still have. Wins or wins. And it is in my garage, you know, this giant, this giant whiskey barrel trophy for the downriver derby. But – we made the postseason and kind of surprised a lot of people early on. Yeah, um, we that. we drew. We were on the road. Uh, went to Wichita, which they were kind of considered the favorites. And um, Nick, our center defender and team captain, had two headers off set pieces for us to tie. And then I was like, okay, this team is hanging with the guys. And mm-hmm. then they came home, started to reel off some wins, and then it came down to the last game of the season to decide who was actually going to be the second seed or the third seed in the, uh, the conference playoffs. If you're the second, you had to host the third seed. So whoever won this first game at Tulsa was going to then host again. Mm-hmm. And so there was seven of us that went. And we're up in the bleachers, and we had like four or five drums. And I think it was the first time that I think a lot of the Tulsa casual fans had seen traveling support like that in a, in a high-pressure match. And so initially, if you look at the stats back from that game, it's near identical. Shots, shots on goal, and... Tulsa scored originally at first, and their supporters group were giving it to us. So then we scored, and our favorite Russian supporter, Oleg, he takes off with a couple smoke bombs and starts running through the center of the Tulsa bleachers, just taunting. <laughs> and, you know, he's used to that hooliganism over from um, – Oh, God, I forgot which city he's from. He's going to hurt me for this now. And I'll remember it right <laughs> as soon as we get off this podcast. But So then Tulsa scored. And I think either tied us or tied it up or retook the lead. And there were fans running over to us. And I'm talking eight-year-old boys to guys, to gentlemen, 
easily in their late seventies running over. And it wasn't even mean spirited. It was just like in love with the game in love with the match. It yeah. was like, we were laughing at them come back at us. Okay. 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 Then we scored, went back at them and then they scored. Tulsa ended up winning the match. And that was a Saturday night. So we had to turn around and be there on Wednesday night. Well, another six or seven of us, we went right back to Tulsa that night wow. for this match. And we were there again. And, you know, and Tulsa fans, we actually did a local brew exchange, hung out with them. They were just thrilled that, you know, fans were even able to come. That game went, went back and forth, and they ended up winning one to nothing. Wow. So that was in 2017 campaign. But we went from narrowly missing the postseason to putting ourselves on the map. And then 2018 came. And didn't know we were going to have a keeper that we had had. He had decided to join Laredo because that's where he was going to school that year, and he wanted to take summer classes. And, he, you know, a lot of the fans really felt close to him. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Unknown. You would mentioned Waleed. Well, Waleed was going to a Division three school in Indiana and got a tryout. And he likes to tell it originally at the tryout, he rolled right out of the car, and they threw him right into the scrimmage. <laughs> and he said he was awful. And originally, like, oh, he's no good. Cut him, cut him, cut him. Well, they saw something in him to give him another chance. And he ended up becoming our starting keeper. And actually, I think he couldn't come back until the third or fourth game of the year. And we kind of had an uneven start the first few games. And then we just started reeling off wins. And I think we started with, like, a 4-0 four, four to zero win at St. Louis. And then our brand kind of became more of the counter team, you know, solid defense, rock-solid defensive midfield. And we could just hold folks. You know, due to the defensive back line and Waleed, um, and his style is more of a sweeper keeper, just mm -hmm. really all over the, the penalty area. And we were known for just breaking teams down, and we would score usually in the second half and ended up pulling out a 1-0, 2-1, 2-0, and that was kind of our bread and butter. Yeah. And then, wouldn't you know it, the last game of that season was also against Tulsa. Wichita had just the week before knotted up, had gotten enough points that we couldn't catch them for first place. Um, seeding in the postseason, but second and third place was up, and it was whoever won between Tulsa and Little Rock mm -hmm. was going to host the other team four days later in the playoffs. And so I think that I don't know if you came to that night's game, they let us rush the field, and they said, "Hey, if we win, you guys rush the field." So we got to rush the field. We had actually writers for some uh, lower league national uh, publications that were there, and they rushed the field with us. They got wow. them in there, and it's like you know, it's like yeah, make sure that story's good. Yeah. Um, and then we turn around and had to host. And, you know, of course, everyone's confident, and not the supporters. They're like, oh, dude, we can't be – it's, it's going to be impossible to be a team twice. Yeah. You know? And so we beat them in that first game 2-1. to one. And it was a late Donald Benamna goal to win that one. And Donald was always that player that would work off the wing, and you knew all he needed was two or three steps, and he was normally going to make one or two guys, defenders miss in the box, and he was going to pull something out of his hat. And so that game against Tulsa was just closing minutes. I want to say it was the 87th minute. He worked in, went around one guy, chipped a second guy, got around to the ball and mm -hmm. put it up over the keeper for the win. And that was pandemonium, pandemonium. And with that, because of how we placed, was how we um, secured a spot in the Lamar um, U.S. Open Cup for that 2019. That was the game we saw. That was the game we went to. Yeah, yeah. And like you were saying, it's like, I don't know a lot of people. And a lot of people that are more casually taken in, so they, they just care that it's we have a team, mm -hmm. you know. And so to hear that, if you talk to someone 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, hey, one day Arkansas is going to field a team in this U.S. Open Cup. They're like, no way. Mm -hmm. Right. No way. So to forever have that as we are the first team from Arkansas yeah. to be in the U.S. Open Cup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that 2018 run, they beat Tulsa. 
Then they had to turn around and play Wichita four days later. We went all the way up to Wichita. And one of the, the things we still brag about is that if you watch the broadcast, you could hear the five or six Red Watch members there for <laughs> Rangers way over the Wichita supporters group. And they were like three times our numbers. And, you know, just to see the number of fans engaging on the stream, like, well, we can hear the Rangers. We can mm-hmm. hear the Red Watch. Yeah, and um, that's awesome. Pulled that game out again yep. with Walid. That went to penalty kicks. Yep. yep. And Walid had two saves. And one thing about the uh, the Wichita keeper, he now plays professionally in Scotland, where he was from originally. Wow. He actually guessed correctly on every single Rangers penalty kick, and just was just outside of his fingertips on each one. And that's how close that game was contested. Then the next week they had to go down to Laredo. No, that was the next Wednesday. So it was like mm-hmm. four days. Every yeah. four days another game. Yep. And to go down to Laredo, and Laredo was undefeated. Yep. They had they had our former keeper actually yep. between the post for them. They were and they were the national league ranked number one team. Oh, I didn't and know that. So that was a little hard to pull off. I couldn't get that with the employers to be okay. Hey, I need yeah, to go down to Laredo. So yeah. Dugan's Pub actually hosted us for a game. They put us in the back room. In, in the back room. We, and we overflowed yeah. the back room. Yep. Because it was and, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Because Aaron and I watched from our house. Uh, yeah. I was you, like, I, you, I, you threw I, your back out. I'm, yeah. That, because I, so you I stayed had, where there was air conditioning. I, I had, <laughs> no, I had, a, I had plans to go into that game, but I, I fell off a stack of lumber that day. And I just could not move. So I, te- so I texted him. I was like, dude, I, I can't get to this game. So, I mean, we knew we had it on uh, on YouTube. So I'm actually looking for the picture now. Uh, because, like, I was texting you while I was watching it. Yeah, we were texting back We were texting forth. back and forth because I had the picture, like a picture in picture on my phone, texting him. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is unreal. And just, like, uh, I wanted to, wanted to go to Dugan's, but couldn't because I'm clumsy. And in that in that match, it was actually a local player that grew up in Cabot, scored the opening goal for the Rangers, um, for us to take the initial lead. Right, Laredo came back. It was inevitable. Yeah. They were they were bearing down on us. July July eighteenth, twenty eighteen. So mm. there, you can see, you can see our text. Oh wow! I said, screenshot uh, of the game. In I there said this is crazy. Uh, that is about the six one of those both ends crazy. And I typed at ten oh one. I typed well shit. And he said, "Yep." So I don't remember what happened. They scored they to scored tie, to equalize. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then at and then, then we at, went into extra time. They went into extra. So at ten thirty three, I texted Little Rock's keeper is playing out of his mind. Yes. At ten thirty five, I texted Holy shit in all caps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know when it went to extra time, I was like, I you know of course you're the supporter. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you as one of the guys from the Red Watch section. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm meeting new fans in the room. You know, and I'm trying really hard to keep the faith, but I'm thinking, okay, we. We went deep into the end of the game against Tulsa. They turned around four days later. We had to go through both both halves of extra time and mm-hmm. penalties with Wichita. Then they had to turn around and drive all the way down to the border yep. in South Texas to play mm-hmm. Laredo, the number one team, and we're in extra time again. I you know, I, I kind of feel like the luck's gonna run out here. Yeah. And for us to win that match and just, you know, being in that again, taking it back to Dugan's pub that I was there where I'd kind of regained this love for mm-hmm. the sport outside of a single club in England mm-hmm. for there for that 2014 World Cup. Four, you know, four years later to be in there to watch my local team yeah. make the South Region final of this National League. And, of course, they went down to Miami. They're trying to come back. For, they have a four-day turnaround from Laredo, dr- drive on a bus back to Little Rock. I think they got in like midnight. And a lot of fans, we greeted them. We were waiting for them at War Memorial Stadium. And then they're like, and, you know, talking to Jonathan Wardlaw, the uh, president of the Rangers, he's like, yeah, I'm sitting there on the bus like, oh, my God, how are we going to swing this Miami trip and get everyone down there? <laughs> and they kind of, he's someone, I think one of the players suggested, hey, man, 
put out a GoFundMe, just mm-hmm. see what happens. And so he set up a GoFundMe on there. Hey, can you guys help with travel costs? And of course, fans started supporting. Fans of other local clubs in our division, outside of our division, started chipping in because mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, we want to go see Little Rock go down to Miami and play, which Miami at the time was playing in the NPSL, but they were actually a professional team yep. that had lost their league. And so they had been welcomed to the league to play so they can do but they had like a over a million dollar lineup you yeah. know, as far as their professionally paid um, club. And, you know, I think it was within 24. Of course, the, the, the local news stations picked it up, radio, TV, everyone mm-hmm. putting it out there. Again, local support. Yeah. And I just know that the Rangers were overwhelmed. I think in 24 hours they had raised more than $25,000 yeah. um, to cover the travel cost and go down. And, again, met up at Dugan's to watch the game. Couldn't swing the Miami trip. Um and ultimately, we did we did lose that game. Uh, you know, our our starting one of our starting forwards was actually on trial with New York Red Bulls, and they had to have him up there, so he could not make the Miami game. Mm-hmm. And then our other you know forward attack uh, with Donald, he pulled up with a hamstring injury within a few minutes of the match starting yeah, early on. Yeah, yeah and so there kind of went really our our attacking, attacking threats, front, and yeah. it was just a barrage. I know uh, Waleed stood on his head again. It's just, you know, at that level, it was just too much for too long. Yeah. And ended up falling. Uh, gave a good account of ourselves. Um, and, again, secured that Open Cup spot. That's pretty amazing. And to this day, though, <laughs> I just have to think about it. If, we, if the league did not allow this pro club interloper, yeah. we actually would have hosted the South Region Final against probably Jacksonville Armada or Atlanta uh, Silverbacks. And if we had won that match, we would have hosted – the semi national semifinal, which would have been Duluth, I believe. Yeah. And then, you know, if we had won that, we would have probably had to go play FC Motown, uh, just outside of the New York Metro. And all bets are off. They were a really good yeah, club. But to yeah. say that, hey, we made a, a Little final. Rock, Arkansas is playing in the national final in soccer. Yeah. Made like, up of college students and a high school student. That's right. Just, that's right. Yeah. And it was it was nuts. Yeah, because I watched that game, the Miami game at the tattoo shop that night because I was at the tattoo shop and I was like, all right, we're watching this. It's going to be on this. And I'm like working and like, I always have an eye on TV. And then that's, I saw, you know, when we, when the, when he pulled his ham, I was like, Oh damn, that's like, Ooh. And then it got kind of a little with the score. I mean, like I think three, zero, three nil. I yeah. think it was, it was, yeah, it was very one sided, but it was just the fact of like, like, you know what? Like, and it was, it was being played on like ESPN three, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was ESPN three. It wasn't YouTube. It was actually in like like uh, like the whenever before ESPN plus and stuff. But it was like it was world. I mean, it was where US wide people could watch it. Yeah. Wherever. So it was like it was a huge night just for just the pro- for the pride of Little Rock, but mm-hmm. just as a small club, mm-hmm. you know, team. It's just it, yeah, it was so cool to see. And what I do love about how Coach Will Montgomery puts the team together is you get a really good blend of. Local product grew up here. You get kids that, whether they grew up outside of Little Rock, outside the state, outside the country, but have settled in Little Rock and made the team, made Mm -hmm. the club, um, made Little Rock their home. Um, And then you get, you know, kids that come from outside the country, outside the state. And, and, but they, they really make a connection. And we, you know, we try to be that, you know, and you, you make a name at that level. Like, Hey guys, if you can make little rocks team, you want to go to little rock because everyone wants to play in front of fans. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times at this level, if you're getting a couple hundred moms and dads and girlfriends, that's considered great. Yeah. But hey, come play for three to 4,000, 5,000 fans. Yeah. 
um, every night. And, you know, it's I've heard that usually at closes of seasons when we're playing some of our divisional rivals, <coughs> excuse me, the, the uh, players from the opposing teams will actually start approaching our players. Hey, can you put in a recommendation <laughs> for me for this season <laughs> to come play for Little Rock? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a great vibe. I mean, it is a really cool vibe. The crowd is into it. It is, uh, it is a soccer crowd, but it is, uh, it, is, it is an engaged crowd. I mean, it, it's something to do on the summer because, again, La Rock doesn't have a whole bunch of stuff. No. But right. what we have, it's good. Right. So it's inexpensive entertainment for yes. family. It's, it's like you know, $10 a ticket, yeah. $12 something. Really yeah, I mean, and like the season passes mm-hmm. are ridiculous ridiculously inexpensive do that but like so i i do broadcast for high school football and everything so little rock southwest is a brand new school and everything yeah so we go to little rock southwest this year because we have a team there and i get to the facility i'm like holy shit this is an amazing facility so i'm talking to one of the coaches for little rock he's like yeah the football team's not gonna be very good but our soccer team watch out because you know since they're in the southwest part of little rock right and just that community and i was like they're gonna have one of the best soccer high school teams around so you're i mean you're gonna get even more yeah talent coming out of little rock just because you're now gonna have you know in the southwest you know era area you have great facilities so you're gonna have kids that want to play want to learn and then just go from there. So it's like just seeing what's what's in store. Oh yeah. Is and quick aside, speaking of the Southwest High School, how you know I I do have to give props. It might seem like the obvious decision, but when you join two high schools to create a new one, mm-hmm. and the high school nickname of one is the Lions and the other is the Eagles, <laughs> and you make sure you name yourselves the Griffins. Uh-huh. Good, perfect, great, love it. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, and the colors were awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Messed up on the, uh, the some of the logos. I would go with the Griffin logo they have and not that Superman-looking logo. <laughs> but, you know, it's like um, when in North Little Rock, mm-hmm. when the two high schools there yeah. joined. I was like, the Wildcats and the, and and the, the Chargers. Chargers. I was like, yeah. what is a charging Wildcat? I mean, you know, yep. Wildcats aren't, you know, bulls charge. Wildcats uh-huh. don't charge. Yep. And then, you know, someone explained to me the story of, okay, well, we joined two schools together. Mm-hmm. So in North Pulaski, and I was working for a general contractor at the time that was building the new Jacksonville High School. So when North Pulaski and Jacksonville High Schools were joining, I was like, okay, one's the Falcons, one's the Demons. Are you guys mm-hmm. going to be the Demon Falcons? Like, no, we're going to name ourselves the Titans. It's like, oh, a blown opportunity. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of, speaking of Southwest and South Little Rock, you know, another new thing with the Rangers involved in the news is that prior to the 2026 World Cup, U.S. soccer has made it a goal primarily in the host cities to develop a lot of these futsal courts mm-hmm. and community courts to develop the game, make it accessible for kids just to pick up the game, go out and enjoy themselves because that's how you're going to develop talent that you're going to find. It's not going to be on the pitch. It's not going to be right. every kid that's playing in the country club teams, paying thousands of dollars to be there. Um, you're going to develop talent among the kids that are going to get out there every day under no pressure and they're going to have the time to try new things right. and new techniques on each other just day to day to day. And the mayor here in Little Rock and the city council in Little Rock jumped on board with the Little Rock Rangers in applying for one of these grants to get this location. And I think two months ago, they announced that Little Rock was being awarded one of the grants nice. to build these courts. And they set aside a park. It's in South Little Rock, um, right off the highway, right beside a neighborhood. So it's accessible by foot for a lot of kids and safely to safely access this mm-hmm. court where they're going to be building this. Nice. And because of the Rangers involvement, it's actually going to be a Rangers branded futsal court or outdoor oh. soccer court 
And, you know, just from the announcement, the number of local businesses and local folks that want, yeah, we're getting involved with this because they're going to have their branding up on the walls mm-hmm. and around oh, us sure. as well. And, you know, again, something that grabbed national attention among the lower leagues is like, what? okay, how, how do we do this? Little Rock's got this. How do we do this? Yeah. And, and you have to have that blend. I tell people we're so fortunate and blessed that a lot of these clubs that run at this divisional level where we're at right now is you're not getting the traction with the city leaders that we've been able to have or the state leaders. I think to this day, we're the only club at our level that has a state license plate mm-hmm. that's branded vanity license plate for the little rock. I've Rangers. Seen it. There's cool. clubs bigger than us that still don't have that. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you, and you've had that for three years, three or two, four years now. Yeah. For a while now. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's cool. It, I have a vanity plate right now. If I didn't have a vanity plate, I would definitely get that. Doctor who vanity plate. Uh-huh. I think you have to get a, uh, Second vehicle. That's just the answer. Get it on Moe's car? Well, so she's got a vanity plate as well. Does she? Yeah. I hate Doctor Who. No, it's a it's super inside joke. Okay. She can't believe my God. I was like, yeah, it's people are going to get it, but it's super inside. Okay. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what the future holds. And yeah. So, we so got this s- year, when does the season start? Yeah, we got a season coming up. So, so the I, the I got an schedule. email saying... That season tickets are for sale, and I was going to talk to you about whether we were going to get season tickets. Might as well, since I don't work at the tattoo shop anymore. I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and it's, it's unique, the schedule, because the, the division that we're the in. The nights are great. Oh, yeah. Wednesday and Sundays and Saturday. I mean, yeah, it's like, Saturdays, yeah. If you're going to pick a night that say, I can't go because I'm working on Friday nights, it's like, great, we got Thursday night. <laughs> well, I can't do Thursday. Great, there's a Wednesday one in there uh-huh. for you. Um, the division that we're in is, I think we're eight teams deep. In this division, um, we have more home games and more away games. I've added this year. Yep. I think it's um, at least eight home games and eight away just in the season, and that's not counting preseason exhibition matches. Um, there's a club out of Mississippi. Um, trying to banter with them, they're a little quiet. Mm-hmm. The other ones are in Texas, which we love. Just you know, you go back if you're an Arkansas Razorback fan and Southwest Conference. Not days hard to ban- banner with the Texas. Oh yeah. People. Plus, plus the Little Rock Rangers happen to have an incredible record against all clubs from Texas, which we love to remind them all. So, there's there's club uh, Houston uh, FC Houston. I'm looking forward to playing uh, Brazos Valley Cavalry. I'm looking forward to playing Corpus Christi has developed a great program. I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Um, and then they're continues. Like I said, there's development. We'll probably continue to have our Downriver Derby with Ozark, even though we're in different leagues. I know Tulsa Athletic and the relationship we have with them, I'm sure there's going to be a home and home with them. Great. Um, Wichita actually also made the jump this year to the same league that we're in. Yeah, I saw that. They're in a different division. Don't know if we'll see them this year, but there's still plans. We'll probably see them. Or we just have to make plans to yeah. win our division. they got to win theirs. We'll see you guys in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, see you in the playoffs. Um, but um, also being able to opportunity to play exhibitions with pro programs. And then there's there's plans in the work for a soccer specific stadium here that again yeah, city that. leaders are very involved in. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's pretty exciting. Like downtown. Yeah. Now we're talking downtown. Yeah, and how that actually started to, to come into focus and get started is a, a, a young man named Aaron um, going to southeastern Missouri State, I believe. He did his senior capstone project and he works in the architectural field. He did it on building a soccer specific stadium and came and visited Little Rock and did all his demographic studies on the city. And then did all these uh, mock-ups um, of what a stadium could look like. And he had picked a site over on the north side of the river near the uh, baseball park. Yeah. And I put that out there through the supporters group, which the Rangers picked up. And just the the, the fan response. I remember watching. I was like, I'd call the Rangers from. I was like, dude, we've got 
200,000 impressions and people viewed this article and it's coming from all corners of the state that people are looking at this. And I remember it caught the mayor's eye, it caught city leaders eye and that started a lot of conversations and I know they're still going and I don't know what I'm, I actually was in an architectural office, won't say who in town near Fidel's Aaron. And <laughs> I was in there for a, a meeting on some other projects I had coming up with my company. And I happened to pass a board and in my peripheral vision, I saw a stadium and I was like, okay, hold on. Do I need to sign something? You know, that I can't speak of They're like, Oh yeah, actually we've been working with the city on this. So that's pretty, they've awesome. got a pristine location kind of eye awesome. for the Rangers. And it's very intentional. You know, we joined USL league two, which is, and there's other clubs that have joined USL League 2 but made it clear that they're trying to get up to that professional level and they're trying to use it as a stepping stone. Little Rock is one that when we joined the USL, USL said, we want you guys to be a pro club. We see you guys playing actually at the USL championship level. There's no reason for you guys to need to slowly walk your way up. And whether that's championship or League 1, right. you know, when the time comes and that time will come, it's just I think a natural outgrowth of what this program is becoming from the youth level up to the professional standards they already you know, have in place. Um, but while we're in USL League 2, they're fully devoted to USL League 2, and they're going to do the right. best product that they can at the USL League 2 level. Yeah. It's all about growing organically and not, I say it's kind of like not a tilting at the windmill, sort of, you know, trying to grow too big too fast. Right. And then setting yourself up to not be sustainable. Right. But the time is coming where we will be a professional club. Yeah. Yeah. And I say we because I'm a fan, not yeah. because I'm nope. involved. I, the, the Red Watches support group is very, very independent. We just are very fortunate. We have a very good relationship with the front office. That's so they come to us, it. hey, what do you guys want this year? I was like, well, it'd be nice if we had like a beer tent in the, in the stands with us so we didn't have to like leave the bleachers. And next thing we know, we've got a beer tent. Yeah. And they've set it up. So, you know, you turn around, walk five steps up from the supporter section, get a beer, come right back. Hey, we really want a tailgate area. And something we're trying to develop this year is we actually want to have, like, we'll be developing a menu and people can come get a $5 plate. And a lot of that goes right back into mm -hmm. buying smoke bombs, which that was another thing. I actually almost got arrested and thrown out of the first game. We, I was told we were allowed to have smoke bombs, and I, someone else did not know we were allowed to have smoke bombs. <laughs> we set off a smoke bomb and got swarmed by security. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I need your ID. And, of course, me being the white boy, oh, okay, here's my ID. And then one of the other supporters was like, absolutely not. Why do you need his ID? And, right. <laughs> and uh, finally got that worked out. So we, we go through security. You know, we've got a good relationship with the security at the stadium now. They you know, I, I, not that I will abuse it, but it's kind of like, oh, no, really, you should look in this box, make sure it's just smoke bombs. Oh, I know you're good, man. No, yeah. no, really look at yeah. it. Um, <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember like on Facebook or an email or something coming from the Red Watch, it was for an away game because there was a back and forth on that. Like, if we could like have smoke bombs go off whenever the team comes out or not. Yeah. And it finally got approved right. that the Red Watch could set off their smoke bombs because... Yeah. <laughs> they didn't allow that at all, right? During the during their own team and everything, so it was like we can we can do it. Yes, <laughs> I actually I briefly thought about asking and actually put it out there about flares. And everyone was like, no, 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 don't, don't press it, Ryan. Come <laughs> right. on, we'll stick the smoke bombs. Have Have you ever watched the uh, the YouTube show uh, Darby Days? Yes. Oh my God! Like there was one I I found it and I showed him. I was like, we were watching back. We were here. watching back here, and I was like, they set half their fucking stands on fire <laughs> with flares. It was, it was in Ukraine. It was it was a, a red star. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just right. going, holy shit! You probably shouldn't do that in stadiums that are made of wood. <laughs> nope, nope. All right. War Memorial is pretty old. So it's yeah. not made of wood though. No. It's made of it's unless I'm mistaken, it's made of cement. Yeah, it's like it's like and, it's and, all cement. And you know, the uh, the Rangers have been contacted by club professional clubs in Mexico 
by professional clubs on mainland Europe, by Premier League clubs. You know, not not the big six, but mm-hmm. actual like consistent Premier. Actually, this particular team is having a great season. Okay, uh, Aston Villa. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually contact the Rangers wanted to come and play an exhibition match here. And oh, what's Jesus. held us up right now is just the dimensions of War Memorial because that stadium is so tight and we play on a narrower pitch. We're mm-hmm. well we're within the perimeters that we need, but mm-hmm. we don't meet the FIFA standards as far as field pitch width mm-hmm. and they're not able to play here yet. So Aaron and Will and I, yet. <laughs> uh went down, you know, obviously we're United fans. We went down when for the Manchester Derby when it was at uh, Reliant. Yeah. And uh, if you've never seen three grown men cry when they first uh, scored, it was two nothing. Mm-hmm. They first scored, and their their uh, the whole crowd breaks out singing "Glory, Glory, Man United." Mm-hmm. And Aaron and I are standing there crying because it is. It was like a religious experience. It oh, was. Yes. It was cool. We were last week. He was giving me a hard time for being a University of Alabama football fan. I'm a much bigger Manchester United oh, fan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, here, uh, but. Premier League is a different, I mean, the the way they get into it. So I, there's a cigar shop that I smoke in in Vegas, and there's a guy that I got to be friendly with, and he was a from England. And he um, he worked in with Microsoft out of Washington, but he was talking about, <clears throat> we were talking about that, and he was talking about how the channer, all the chants come up with and how they're much more creative over there and, some of that's been tailored back with some of the racism. Uh, some yeah. of those are, they're not even borderline racist. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're completely racist. But um, but he was talking about how some of the small clubs over there work and how, um, you know, they're just, the passion those people have for the, the their clubs. Um, and it, it, it's really, um, we think we're fans over here of football, yeah. you know, and all of that. But it, soccer really in football um, it drives a different level of fandom yeah it, it's really crazy and and and, and uh, it was it was awesome seeing that because we got yeah. to see all the big players play it was even though it was a friendly um and yeah. we got to see Ram, Ramalu Lukaku run right at us and, and he's like, like seriously he's like JJ Watt size he's huge compared <laughs> he was running next to uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus mm-hmm. Um, who's like seriously like five eight, and they, here they were running together, and they're running the same speed. And I'm thinking, he's going to kill that poor kid. The, the greatest <laughs> thing though was hearing American announcers yes. trying oh, to no. announce uh, the names because daily daily blind, blind. <laughs> oh, <no>. instead of <laughs> blint. And it's like oh, no. yes, like there is no T in his name, oh, but no. <laughs> it's not how it is. But like oh, no. I, I go to Sporting KC matches. Yeah. So who's your every, MLS club every year? Are you a Dallas FC you know, fan? You know, the closest team to where I grew up would be Orlando. And so, you know, as I grew up there, my, my mom grew up in Orlando. I've got a lot of family still there. Sure. So to see one, then build a stadium kind of in a neighborhood that I knew, like, oh, that's so crazy. And then to go to a match there mm-hmm. and to okay. see Orlando City kind of come up in the way that it did and, and start to really grow its presence in Orlando and, and feed, again, a a drive for let's have something of our own. You know, of mm-hmm. course, you've got a, an NBA team, but mm-hmm. something that you kind of soccer, even though we're hundreds of years behind in that sense, um, and we could go a rabbit hole of like, actually, we were poised prior to World War One to become the premier mm-hmm. soccer nation in the country, in the world um, with the American Soccer League. It was yeah. it was driving the Scottish Soccer League and the, and the English League, won the Premier League at the time, uh, mad because we were in the middle of our... Um, 
industrial revolution. So we could pay players, offer them a job, put their families in a home, and, oh, by the way, on the weekends, play play for our soccer team. So that's why we had teams like Bethlehem Steel, Mm -hmm. uh, Fall Rivers Marksman. A lot of them were based out of the industries that were sponsoring them. And they're like, we can't compete. These guys are like going to leave. They're going to make three times the money and a home and have a, you know, a comfortable job. Mm-hmm. And then during World War One, and you, know, you could like look a lot of cultural changes and maybe in that, in the machismo and then football, which had kind of been kind of a backyard again, sort of spart, sport in the country kind of became more of the preeminent American pastime. So we're behind, but the, how you again build it is you can drop a, an MLS franchise anywhere and expect to do well. But if you didn't develop it more at a community level, and that's where you see more of the the successful clubs like Orlando to that extent is they started in the USL and mm-hmm. they became really good at the USL. They developed that, that core mm-hmm. of fans that were going to go watch lower league soccer. And then that's what you built around by the time they moved up to MLS. It's why I think the premier derbies and the, the bed of uh, MLS level soccer is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Because when the old NASL in the 70, 60s and 70s died, the clubs from those years, the Portland Timbers, the Seattle Sounders, the Vancouver Whitecaps, mm-hmm. they never went away. They found new leagues to play in and stay at some level, continue to play, and they've been around. So that when they joined MLS, they had been around for 30, 40, 50 years and had never stopped playing right. at some level. And so when they joined MLS, it was just a natural outgrowth for the fans to now have something at that level to then go around. And, you know, I think when you're talking about songs and chants, I remember seeing a tweet maybe six months ago. It was like, American fans, all right, guys, let's say go team go. And it was like, (laughs) and then it's like, and then it's, you know, football fans in England are like, so I just heard this melody. I forget what song they use example, but it was some like, you know, I just heard this six minute melody chain from the seventies that I've decided to on the sport of the moment, you know, put a tune to, to a relative of our team. Let's go one, two, three, and here we're off. Yeah, and, right. and like you're saying, like if you watch the Ted Lasso show, oh, um, so good. the, uh, the Hispanic me. player that joins, mm-hmm. or I think it was Ecuadorian or something like that. He's like, football is life. And you know, and, and of course that's seen on Nike t-shirts or mm-hmm. whatever branded all the time. And, but it's beyond the pitch. It yeah. really is life. And you're, you know, the club is an outgrowth of the community. The community becomes an outgrowth of the club. Your identity is around it. And I think that, when you have a club like at the Little Rock Rangers level, that's what you're building is you're building something that, hey, my son loves this sport. And maybe we're at that generation where now we've got parents that also grew up loving the sport first and foremost. But a lot right. of times like I have I coach youth soccer at a recreational level. We actually play for the Rangers now. And I have parents and grandparents that come and like, Yeah, I'm more of a baseball person. I'm more of an American football person. But my son or my grandson loves this game and mm-hmm. we love watching him love this game. Right. play this sport. And so they're supporting it. They're going to come out. Oh, by the way, you know, my, my company, we can put up a couple hundred dollars to be a supporter of the club. Or maybe that grows up to a couple thousand dollars or a few thousand dollars. So now the club, when you go in, you see on the wall the sponsors. All the sponsors are not like your national level companies. It's all Little Rock, you know, in central Arkansas and Arkansas-based companies. Mm-hmm. And that's where you begin, hey, the club represents the city. The city represents the club. And that's right. what you're seeing that sort of dynamic intertwine around each other. And that's where you're building a true community identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rangers I, have done a good job of reaching out to the community. Cause I mean, we noticed that at the games, there's a lot of uh, connection. And I, I love just being, advertising being out, is, is just one of those. Well, and so. being, being out in the wild and seeing a, uh, like somebody have a replica Rangers Jersey yeah. or yeah. something like that. And yeah. like you see the hide co over the, over the chest, but then you have the the logo and stuff. And yeah. It's like, oh man, like that. I want to go over there and talk to him, but like I, I don't want to be like that guy. That guy. Like, yeah, I don't want to be that like 
But you know you. that if you do see someone in a Rangers apparel mm-hmm. and they, you say something talk, to them, they'll talk to you. They know Rangers. Yeah. It's not like, you know, again, being up here, I freak out strangers all the time because I'll see them wearing Florida State apparel mm-hmm. and I'll start doing a Tomahawk driver. Go Knowles. And I'm like, huh? What? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, I mean, my the, cousin it, bought me this. You know? Like, I, so I have, I have the, uh, I have the Rangers decal on, on the back of my truck mm-hmm. and I've been, you know, I had somebody honking at me one time. I'm like, what the fuck? And then he like pulls up next to me and then pulls in front of me and he has the, the, uh, the license plate. I'm like, Hey, what's oh, up? man? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know what I love is I've been in Dallas and seen Rangers plate license plates, or I've been uh-huh. in Memphis and I see the sticker in the decal. Yeah. yeah. You know, make sure you get a picture. Yeah. We're in your town now. Uh-huh. You know? Um, so, well, we, we have a, a lot of our listeners are in, you know, Arkansas based, Little Rock based and stuff like, stuff like that. So what is one of the main things that they can do to show more support, you know, to the club and to their endeavors. I'll say, you know, just the first step um, would be follow. If you have any social media platforms, be it Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, follow the club there. Um, They're getting better as far as the club at at putting information out through there. And and I think they're one of the better clubs at interacting Mm -hmm. on social media and putting that out there. They're also, I I did, because it's the rabbit holes I told you. I go down, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like I actually researched and across the leagues at this level, I think I mapped out like 300 clubs and went up to the second division professionally. Little Rock is in the top 10 as far as, you know, non-bot followers across mm-hmm. all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And that speaks really well just for continuing to grow your audience. Yeah. Um, and again, like, oh, who would have thought a team out of Little Rock is right up there with teams out of Miami and San Diego and San Francisco and yeah. Philadelphia as far as community follows and development. And it's not... You know, of course, you've got people from all over the world following the team, but the fact that you've got 20,000 followers on a single platform just out of your own town, yeah, um, and you can continue to grow it. I know the Rangers keep experimenting with things. They, uh, they had billboards up on the digital billboards around town the last season that we were able to play, and it was immediate. Like, the number of people that were back in there for games in 2019 mm-hmm. that said, oh, I hadn't been back since 2016. I saw the billboard and didn't realize we were still around. Like, yeah. oh, I loved it. I'm glad I came to the game. So I know there's more... Uh, experimenting with that. They'll probably continue to do that. Uh, I've been working with the new um, gentleman that's running um, as far as writing the game reports and and the journalism side for the club. We've been uh, really focusing on reaching out to all the news outlets that are in the Hispanic communities throughout the state, both Mm -hmm. in central Arkansas and more in the rural areas. Um, And, you know, what I found is when you, when you don't go to them right, right before the season and you're trying to, they feel like you're, you're using them. But mm-hmm. if you reach out to them, hey, what, what specials can we offer? What can we bark? They just feel, <coughs> you know, grateful that someone even thought to reach out. And they're really, really opening. Two years ago, I would, um, on the weekends prior to the season, I would go out to the, uh, the taquilleras and the, uh, the Hispanic restaurants and, and reach out, and I started doing the local restaurants. Hey, do you guys have a place where we can put up a schedule poster? Mm-hmm. And I'd gotten someone to do a great design, have the, all the dates on it. Um, the Rangers are really good. They have a, a special decal that they put out, but also on that decal, you can peel off the decal, put it on your car, your laptop, wherever you want. But if you keep the stub to the decal, it's actually a game pass. So it's one free game pass to a match at the game. But if you follow the team on social media, that's where you all see all of the league schedule. So I think the second thing would be start coming out to matches. I don't mm-hmm. expect everyone can make every game, yeah. especially with the games being Saturdays, Sundays, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. But there's one or two games you can make. Yeah. Um, come out to a game, um, tailgate, um, be a part of it. Just absorb the match, absorb the fans, absorb the energy. You know, soccer is so much more than a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when people realize when you go to a game, 
and you get past the American sensibilities of like, it's boring. The games are one to nothing. It can end in a draw. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you actually get in the stands and you feel the energy and the camaraderie. And then you realize it's so much more than what's actually going on on the pitch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, We we're probably guilty of drawing a lot of our chants that are more unique um, from experiences. We have fans that were, um, North Carolina FC fans, uh, Portland Timbers. We draw a lot from KC. Um, and then I know we've talked about our different uh, Premier League follows. Um, the Central Arkansas Premier League group, um, we joke, we're kind of working on a shirt design and concept to have ready uh, at the start of the season, um, kind of working with a title of like from many one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, showing, okay, we all draw from all these different teams, different fandoms, but we all come together to support Rangers. Yeah. And so what I'd like to see is a lot of that flavor of, hey, you know, I support Arsenal. And, but, hey, <laughs> they, I, have, they, they, have this, they have this great song <laughs> that would really work for us to put specifically to the Rangers that we can incorporate. Or, hey, we've got something from Manchester United that would really work great here to incorporate. Um it's long past its shine, but the Viking clap, you oh, know, yeah. the Icelandic clap, which yeah. actually didn't start in Iceland, but um, the Viking clap is a huge hit with the fans here. Mm-hmm. And we kind of made it more of a tradition. I think it's the 76 minute. Um, but the fans and especially the kids and the games, they'll start yelling and screaming at the supporters. They want the Viking clap, yeah. you know, and it's a way that you get them on there. And, and that's kind of what the Red Watch, I think if we had it and we need to write up a mission statement, and that's some of the things we're working on is we'll have a website this year. We'll have a podcast specific for the Rangers, but then we're going to use it to cover Arkansas soccer. A lot of things that's really interesting to me is that the number of people that grew up in Arkansas that have since left and moved to other states, but they've actually started clubs in other states. So I know there's clubs in the Seattle Metro that were actually started by Arkansas natives. Wow. There's a team in Lakeland, Florida, that uh, some of their higher-ups – and their organization getting started grew up in Hot Springs. Yeah, and so cool. there's, oh, there's all these stories just to mine out of, like, you would never know that out of Arkansas, there's actually these little pockets and passion that have gone out of state yeah. and around this country, a passion for soccer. And so we'll be mining into that, you know. Um, and then I know with the Rangers, one of the new things here is, you know, part of the community, and we've talked about it, is you want, like, your local breweries and mm-hmm. the local pride in that. And – the Rangers have landed a sponsorship with one of the premier local breweries here in the state. Nice. And they've actually come forward and approached the Red Watch as uh, our designer. And he's working with them to design a beer can. So it'll be a Red Watch um, beer brewed specifically for supporters. And we'll be in several. Uh, they said because of COVID and having to order a certain number of aluminum cans, you know, prior to the year, it, mm-hmm. we won't necessarily have it canned much this first year. But it'll be on tap. We're getting our own custom tap handles nice. designed and developed. So I'm like, okay, please, I need to get on a list for that. <laughs> um, we've had another um, a local bar and restaurant has like come forward and said, hey, we want to be the place for post game, pre game for Rangers fans when they're on away days. We're pulling up a big screen, putting it out on the deck, on the patio. Oh, by the way, we have a wall. You guys want to talk to the supporters and have the supporters. The Red Watch is going to be a mural on the wall of this this uh, this outdoor bar and a restaurant, and they're going to allow the uh, the Rangers have an airstream that they've remodeled into a mobile shop for the club mm-hmm. shop. I saw that, and they're going to be pulling that up, so that'll be there for away days. Nice, perfect location, middle of the city, family. Mm-hmm. It's family friendly, but also a place for the hula, more hooligans to come. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what the Red Watch has developed is like, guys, we're not going to be the tame people. Yeah. Um, and coming back to that, like Memphis players. 
got to where they hated the red watch. And mm-hmm. it wasn't anything egregious that we did or foul. It was just, we got under their skin. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh, wait a minute. Why are these three players coming over and uh, giving us the fickle finger of friendship and, <laughs> yeah. and yelling at us? Um, Shreveport got to the point where they were complaining to the ref about us and he was laughing at him. And then uh, <laughs> when they were leaving the pitch, they came by and, you know, were making their opinions about us felt. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so you get you, that energy that kind of goes back and forth there that it's like, oh, okay, you know, the even the opposing players know who we are. Yeah, and, yeah. But we're, at the same time, we've kind of become a place where parents can feel comfortable sending their kids down and know that their kids are going to be around responsible adults. Um, I don't let the children hold the smoke bombs, <laughs> even though I get that asked of me like 500 yeah. times a game. Can I have one? Can I have one? Can yeah. I have one? No. I'm like, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe uh, my, no, my dad's sitting right up there, 50 rows up. He's pointing at you. He says I can. I was like, okay, well, he'll have to come down here yeah. and talk to me, and then you two can work that out. Yeah. Never, no, no parents come down yet. So yeah. I was like, no, yeah. no, no. Well, it's like, I, uh, so to like piggyback off what you said, you know, going to a game, you get a, diff- a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been a soccer fan forever. I used to write for a newspaper for soccer, just try to trying to get it as much as I could. Yeah. So we go up to KC. I'm a, you know, sporting KC fan. And uh, I was telling, you know, Mo, I was like, all right, we're going to go to the game. She's like, ah, it's soccer. It's boring. Whatever. I was like, yeah, but we're (laughs) okay. We're going to be sitting in the supporter section. We're sitting in the blue hell. We're in the cauldron. Yeah. I mean, when you get there, like there's their own set of rules. Like you don't sit down during match play. And, and they even, you know, there's the, the heads of the, the heads of their own, you know, supporters inside the faction, everything. Like, if you don't know the chance, here's a piece of paper with all the chance on it. She, right. So she grabs it. By the end of the game, like, she was <laughs> loving it. And it's just like, I remember uh, there was a there's a dad and a son sitting or standing right in front of us. And the dad turns to the kid, and he's like, whatever you hear, don't tell mom. Nice. <laughs> and he's like, and it's like, and you go, you know, you know what chance there are. And so he, the, he gave the paper to the kid and everything. And <laughs> you could see his eyes, like, light up. And the dad was like, you can only say it here. <laughs> and it's <Yes>. just like, <laughs> like, yeah, and he the just double take it, dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, are you sure? Like, yes, you can say fuck one time. <laughs> and that's it. Every five minutes. Right. <laughs> Every five minutes. But hell, I mean, um, whenever we had Lukaku for United, like he had to tell the, he had to tell the supporters quit singing my song because it was talking about his dick. And it was, it was like, he was like, I can't, I love it. It was about that he he was onside, but his he was on dick, he was onside, but his dick wasn't his offside. And he's like, he's like, that's racist, dude. You can't say that. He was like, I love it, but sir, you, you, you can't you can't you can't be chanting that. Sir, to you've me been anymore. playing in Britain long enough to know that your name phonetically Lukaku <laughs> is just you know yeah. ripe for that kind. Of, oh. You know, you know though, and the the way that he's able to communicate and players be able to communicate things like that, and like you you talked about earlier. Well, with more awareness, um, something yeah. I do think that is found in soccer and, you know, and you can be non-political and at the same time it is inherently political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one thing I do love about the opportunities that Red Watch has to support local charities and nonprofits, yeah. um, be it Children's Protection Center or, or be it the low, <clears throat> excuse me, the local uh, LGBTQ nonprofits mm. is that the inclusivity mm-hmm. of yeah. the group. And you don't have to be a soccer fan to come be a Rangers fan first. Yeah, yeah. And you can find it. And I know we have a lot of members that have found, you know, a family that they got to choose and the family that chose them. Yeah. And maybe they didn't get that in a, a birth family, mm-hmm. but they found it there in the stands. Yeah. 
And a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of fans kind of find that, you know, maybe I didn't start coming for the soccer, but I came for the experience yeah. and I, and I found community. Yeah. yeah. It is, um, it is strange because soccer is so global and it is so, it's so global that it is, it is unlike any other sport. It is, even though it is non-political, it, because it is so global and is played, it's not played necessarily by huge people or tall people or whatever. It's played by people yeah. that are normal size, right? Yes. By the nature, it is, it is much more inclusive in, as you say, but um, I, I do find a lot of soccer being a, a little more inclusive by that nature. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, some of the progress that you'll see, some of the way that some of the English players are speaking out on racism. Uh, I was talking, we were talking about the Meghan Markle, uh, yeah. Prince Harry thing. And I said, you're focusing on England and you're focusing on those two who are part of the royal family. I'm going to focus on obviously my guy, mm -hmm. who's Marcus Rashford, who I think is mm -hmm. remarkable. He's yeah. been talking about uh, children's, man. children's hunger over yeah. there, talking about making a difference in the world. Paying off thousands of school lunches for kids. Thousands of school yeah. lunches trying to make a difference in the world. And you think about some of those, um, you know, Sadio um, Mane, who, who plays, um, but talks about all the work he's been doing back in Africa. I think about all the work that those those people have done to impact people in different, and, and he's doing work back in Africa. Um, and, and I said, you're focused, you're looking at, and I was, I was talking on a virtual herf and I said, you're, you're, you're looking at the wrong people here. You're mm -hmm. look you're looking at the people who are in the Royal family who I, I ascribe to Kim Kardashian, the Kardashians. <laughs> I said, you need to, you need to read up on Marcus Rashford. I said that yeah. you want to know, you want to feel comfortable that there are, young people making a difference in the world. You just need to find the right young people. And that's right. what I always say. It's easy to find the wrong people though. They're everywhere, but that's why I've, I've confidence that soccer can make a difference because there are some of these young people who are making a huge difference in the world. And I, I'm proud of my guy cause he's my guy yeah, cause he yeah. puts the ball in the back of our net. But, sure. but uh, I'm more impressed as him as a young man and a young leader in his community because he's done some amazing things and people, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying yeah. he's one out and made a difference. There's so many things that become quote unquote political that never should have been. Right. Yeah. He's and, going out and, and those things are going to last years beyond him right. playing on the pitch. He's trying to make a difference, but children not being hungry. And I, yeah. I yeah. think we can all agree that that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that with some of the young people and soccer is one of those games. I played soccer as a kid yeah. and, <clears throat> and I played baseball and football and basketball, but with soccer, you play the thing with soccer is it's everybody plays, right? Yeah. One thing I love about the sport is it's one of the few things that I, you know, and this is my own hubris and American arrogance speaking. <laughs> it's one of the things that we can be, we're still an underdog at. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's something in that that you can find a love for that you wouldn't. And that's probably why a lot of people don't like it stateside still is because we're not the dominant power yeah. in it. Yeah. Getting better. A, yeah. And we are getting there. And you know what's going to make it so much more rewarding? Maybe in our lifetimes, maybe not. It's getting there. 
a lot of promising young men. Um, what I love is the kid out of Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, Daryl Dyke, is now yeah. playing for Barnsley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since he joined the club, I think they're eight. They have eight wins, zero draws, zero losses. It's like five or six goals. Apparently, a big six club approached Orlando City to buy his rights this week, yeah. for like ten million dollars, and they turned it down. <laughs> and it's like if a kid out of o- Edmond, Oklahoma, yeah. is yeah. making waves to where he'll probably be playing at that level soon. Yep. You know, closer to home, Thomas Roberts, Little Rock native, has mm-hmm. been with the FC Dallas program. He's playing yep. professionally. He's had trials at Bayern Munich. He's had trials um, at Scottish Premier League. I think it was either with Hibernian or Hearts. If it was Hearts, I just pissed off Hibernian fans that listen to your club. It's Hibernian. <laughs> Um, and that's another unique connection, you know, here in our supporters group, we had, uh, Neil, he actually worked for, Oh God, I'm going to mess this one up too. I think, <coughs> I think he worked for Hibernian for several years when wow. he was overseas, just kind of, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I like the sport and ended up low level employee there, worked his way up, still loves the sport back here in little rock home for him has a family. Now he's now in the supporters group and you know, there's a, a lot of unique talents and perspectives to bring from that, that have come home. And, and to your point, I'm going to butcher this quote, but the the point of it was that travel is the great enemy or cure to either it was racism or nationalism or a blending of those. Yeah. And you see that when you have communities and cultures come over or we can outsource it and they learn and bring it back. Yeah. You know, going back to Walid, Walid made an indelible mark on this town mm-hmm. yeah. for the soccer community. He, whether it was giving soccer lessons, goalkeeping lessons, you know, he just became a fan favorite, but he became a favorite of the kids. Um, one of his last visits back to Little Rock, he stayed with me for four, a few days. Uh, my my stepsons are twins. Uh, you know, they're field players primarily, but now they're always fighting over getting some time in the post because of their time with Wally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think there's become an interest in goalkeeping among a lot of Little Rock kids directly because of Waleed and time they spent with him or watching him yeah. Yeah. and the time that he put in with them. And it was a neat way for – also with Walid um, being Muslim and having Moroccan um, descent, mm-hmm. but being a Spanish national and being able to share stories in that community and bring that to kids here in Little Rock, Arkansas, that get to learn about Spain, learn about Morocco, learn about um, you know Ramadan and his eating habits. When we'd go to lunch with him here in Little Rock, and you know taking take into account you know what he could eat or not eat wherever mm-hmm. we were eating, and and being exposed to that culturally yep. and having an understanding. And opening up the world for them, these are kids that are going to grow up with a greater understanding at age 12, 11, 13 of the world around them than a lot of kids ever would have. 100%. That you're, uh, you could not be more right about I mean, that. It, it's the world's game. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> but it's exposure to those cultures in a not through television or not through, um, through big ways. It's, right. through, it's, it's exposure in small ways. So mm-hmm. you meet him. And you realize he's a cool dude, just a normal guy. You appreciate him as an athlete, but then you learn to appreciate him as a human being. Absolutely. And then you you learn a little bit about his culture and his background, and you just you realize that it's just his normal, and it's not it's different. It's not bad, right? right. It's just different, right? And so that sort of exposure is what makes uh, makes some of that sort of you being afraid of it go away, right? Because yeah. you understand it a little bit more. And that's exactly right. Going back to also to the point you guys were making about getting to see Man United play down in Houston um, with seeing Lukaku and Jesus on the pitch. Why do I love this sport so much? 
because I have players that are five foot five yeah. in the world stage that are the elite of the elite, you know, um, then then there's players that can be six foot nine, six yep. foot 11, and there's a place for you all. Yeah. And there's a lot of kids that are going to, you know, especially with the way that American sports can be, you know, oh, 13, 14, oh, you're, you're too small. Right. You know, you're not going to make it in the, you know, at a higher level in basketball or you're too tall and lanky. You're not going to make it at this sport. Right. But if you love the sport, you know, whether it's just at the youth level or you're going to play through high school or maybe you've got a chance at collegiate or you've got a chance to play professionally either here or abroad, yep. your stature is not limiting you yep. in this game. Well, we were talking about the 2014 World Cup, and I remember that that game against Ghana, but I also remember the game against the Netherlands, right? Mm -hmm. One of uh, our sort of fan favorite Manchester United players. Robin Van Persie, flying Dutchman. The, uh, I was actually thinking of the Dirty Mushroom. Oh, Fellaini. And his big <laughs> role that he played in that game against the United States. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing in the back of the cigar shop with a bunch of uh -huh. guy, white guys my age, and I'm the only soccer fan. And so I'm, as I'm want to do, I'm emotionally standing in the back as we try to, to fight back in that game. And they're all just whatever. They're laughing and whatever. And I'm standing just mm -hmm. emotionally racked in that game. And Fellaini basically rips our heart out, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> Fellaini. I think that was the one that post game Tim Howard said, it's the hope that kills you. It's the hope it that kills like, you. Because, oh, yeah. well, we fought like it. Oh, but Fellaini. But Fellaini had that ability as mm -hmm. a big guy with a big bushy afro he had that ability to carry the ball down the field <laughs> <in his hair. laughs> we, we call it he's guaranteed red card yeah. he's he, he, he would come in and you just go well somebody's getting a red card in the next five minutes uh -huh. i hope it's them <laughs> well it's like you know when we had but him he, or jones like oh man but he would come into a game and you just know well something's gonna happen in the next five minutes because yep. that's Flaney's job he's just like gas let's just throw it on the damn fire yeah but he came into that game and he was amazing. But um, it's just, and he's a big, tall guy. Yeah, he's six five, six six. Yeah, and is he still in China? Uh, yeah, he's still, yeah. Oh God, he just signed a huge contract in China. Yeah. That dirty mushroom. Oh, God. fan favorite. Yes, of West End. <laughs> you know, a player that went over there. I don't know if he's still in China. That I really miss playing at the game in the U.S. was uh, Obafemi Martins at Seattle. I don't. I don't know if he's over there or not. Anymore. He went over there, and I think he kind of had like an up and down couple seasons. Yeah. And Flaney's they got to love Flaney over there. He's got to be, about, I mean, he's, I mean, he's just so awesome to watch because when he came on the pitch, you would just, you would just follow him because you knew something was about <laughs> ready to happen. <laughs> if Sometimes you, it was a if goal. You're, if you're ever to have an enforcer in soccer, that would be, that would be the guy. Yeah, within five minutes, there were three or four people who were gunning for him. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was awesome, but he killed it. He ripped our heart out that game. Oh, he did. And they were all like going, this can't matter this much to you. And I'm going, this, this is, this is huge for us. Cause that, that year we should have run. I, I mean, mean see, seeing the American outlaws, like just permeate, you know, bars and pubs yeah. all yeah. throughout the U S whenever, yeah. you know, you know, whenever we were actually, there was that, there was that hope. That like you know what we can make out of group stage we can get into yeah. sixteen we can get, I mean well I, I was so disappointed we didn't make two thousand eighteen and I've told the story of two thousand seventeen of mm -hmm. when uh, so uh, you know of being 
the, was, T- the TNT game. <laughs> the TNT game. So the part you don't know that the week before I was in Las Vegas for the shooting at, at, at the yeah. country concert. Yeah. So I come back and I'm like pretty emotionally distraught. And I'm sitting down. I'm going to watch the soccer game because we're clearly going to win. We're so much better than TNT. And I sit in my back porch. I'm watching a cigar, and we just lay an egg. And I come back in, and Paula sees the look on my face and tells the two do- my two dogs, you need to get in the other room. <laughs> I'm not going to kick our dogs. I'm just <laughs> distraught. And I just go sit in my bedroom for a while and go, this is just this is the worst week ever. It was horrible. I have I have a kind of deep seated theory that the time that we begin to consistently measure ourselves in that top five, ten group consistently is when the men's team, like the women's team does now, looks like America. And it's not eleven white dudes or your token mm-hmm. African American. And it's starting to look that way yeah. where you've got all sizes, all colors, yeah, um, all stories of second generation American to, Hey, my, you know, my family landed here in Jamestown in 1620s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there was a, there was a young kid, I forget his name, but he had the, he had dual I citizenship. So he could have played for the Germany national team, which yeah. is a powerhouse yeah. or the U S team. And he chose the U S team. Yeah. And it's like, when you go to the Germany national team, you're all, I mean, you're, you're almost guaranteed you're going to be a deep run into World Cup, but he's like, no, I, I'm, I'm, choo- I'm choosing the American side, yeah, just because that's you know I'm half German, but I'm also I'm half American as well, and I'm I'm choosing this side for and for Jurgen's faults, I do love that he made a point of finding the American nationals around the globe, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah. the dual nationals and selling them on playing for the United States. Mm-hmm. He was a mixed bag. His he really coach, was. he wasn't that great of a coach. Yeah. Um, but he was a really good... Um, he has a very personal leadership style. Yeah. I think even when he could be off-putting, his leadership is not managerial whatsoever. Right. And I think that obviously came to light and, you know, during his time here in the U.S., okay, that he had a talented team around him in Germany and in other stops that he's made that he did not have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think even at the time where I think Major League Soccer took some umbrage to his comments about, like, if we're going to have a team that's going to develop at the world level... You've got to send the kids around the world, and they've got to challenge themselves around the world. You're not going to get that playing comfortable mm-hmm. back home. And I know they didn't like that at the time, but look, since Jurgen has not been in the management, where a lot of our top players are going, yeah. and they're challenging themselves. Juventus, Barca. Mm-hmm. Madrid. Madrid. I know. No. And those – and they're and – they're, and I don't want to, there are a couple of them are thriving, but yeah. they're playing, they're playing. Yeah. That's the other thing. And, and the other thing is, is like, you know, I know Pulisic was the last one to, everyone just immediately, we want to glom onto a person mm-hmm. and they've yeah. got to be the guy mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, just let them develop, let them yeah. be with, play within themselves. And that's what you're saying with the McKinney's yeah. and the desk that they're, they're no one's. And I think that maybe that's a maturity in the soccer fans too. Like, hey, guys, we keep breaking these guys by hanging it all on one person. Yeah. Well, it's also more options now. It's yeah. not just uh, it's not just Christian. Yeah. So that's that's a big deal. And so when you're the only guy who's playing at that level, then there's going to naturally be a lot of pressure. But now there's more. Yeah. So and that I, helps. And I think, too, with the women's game is you're seeing other countries develop their women's programs. And – Ooh, the U.S. are getting to the point you're not going to win it on athletic talent alone, guys. Mm-hmm. They're starting 
you know, the Premier League clubs, they have women's programs yeah. now that are, you know, paying yeah. and supporting their women's sides to the point to make it attractive. And mm-hmm. our yeah. talent's going over there. Yeah. And they're catching up. And to see that world game where we were maybe ahead of the curve on the women's side, and now they're coming up. Yeah. You know, the flip, the other side of the token is that now we've got to bring up our men's side yeah. to be that. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the United Women's Team, uh, two years in, I think, has already won their yeah. Premier League and everything. So, like a uh, Bigler up here, he's actually doing a, a meeting with the manager of the United Women's Team tomorrow, because Kohler is the the sleeve sponsor for United. So yeah. he's having a sit down meeting, like a Zoom meeting, with the United Women's manager. Nice. I'm like, I'm like how do I? how do I get that zoom uh, right. number? <laughs> like, because that'd, be, yeah. that'd be awesome. He's like, yeah, there's not very many people signed up for it. I was like, the people who are signed up are either United fans or soccer fans. Yeah. Because that's, that's huge. I mean, it's huge. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <sighs> Is there anything else we need to touch on? I don't think so. God, this guy talks too much. <laughs> no, <laughs> this has been a totally amazing. Yeah. I, and now check at the time. This has been a this has been a long. I know time, daylight savings time has got it all screwed up too, and everything. So it's, it's, so it's not really eleven. It's it's ten. What what time is it? I don't even know. So I was meant to come on tonight. Ten <laughs> forty. <laughs> yeah. It's like ooh, I've got a captive audience. I know they're going to think it's it's earlier in the evening than it actually is. <laughs> no, I mean we're we're Little Rock fans for, you know, because we both live, I mean, all three of us live here. Huge yeah. Ranger fans. But we're, but we're soccer fans, but we're also just make the city better. And it's just, you know, we want this to be a destination. When I first moved here, Little Rock wasn't much of it. Wasn't much of anything. It was coming out of the banging in the rock days. Mm-hmm. It was kind of going through a revitalization of, you know, we're in the middle of the South. We're in the middle of the state. Right it's a blank canvas almost we can have our own identity and you're starting to see that develop yeah with you know the breweries with the the food culture with you know you got travelers you got rangers you have it's it's on the the trajectory is it's up yeah and i can't wait to see what goes on three years five years ten years from now well, you caught me in not a Rangers kit coming on tonight. <laughs> it's actually um, a good friend of mine, Jonathan Kalura. He's the owner of Nebraska Bug Eaters. Mm-hmm. And he brought them in 2019. He, he, he wanted to come to Little Rock. And he's based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but he'd never been to Little Rock. And his club, he had him come down from Omaha to play Little Rock in a, in a preseason friendly. And he came into town the night before, and it just ended up being one of those beautiful Little Rock nights we get sometimes where we have mild summer nights. Mm-hmm. And the whole town, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. was hopping. You know, there was mm-hmm. a baseball game. So we're over at Travelers. We did Argenta and North Little Rock. Mm-hmm. We circled through downtown. We hit Hillcrest and the Heist neighborhoods. They were vibrant. He's like, wow, I had no idea this was just four hours away from me. Yeah. This is amazing. i got to come back again. And he's taken that team. And, and they've got some notoriety at the lower league levels, again, for being well-run. Um, just being the nickname, the Bug Eater, Nick Nebraska Bug Eaters, and the history that evoked, and great mm-hmm. branding. Um, and Kalura is really on top of a lot of that aspects. He said, Hey, we went and played professional clubs and friendlies. Little rock was still one of the most professionally run away days we've been to. He said, we loved our time in little rock. You know, the, t- the t- he took the team out. He took them back downtown after mm-hmm. the game. They got to enjoy faster hall and down, yeah. uh, you know, Clinton Avenue and downtown. Um, so anyway, when are we getting our Rangers tattoos, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you, I could get the club to pay for it. As you as you see, I'm already uh, fully. Uh, we'll find a spot. We'll find I got. I got. I mean, I, I I'll do it. 
<laughs> season tickets for life. That's right. Have hey, have hey. our logo on the side of the uh, side of the pitch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we we can hey, work I, something. I know out. you guys have decals. I've seen you guys are little Rock Ranger supporters here at West. Yeah, Coast. yeah. We've got the uh, support local soccer. That's right. And in the humidor yeah. window and everything. Yeah, I mean, I've got the I've got the uh, the sticker on my truck and everything. So it's uh, got the scarf. I got the red watch scarf hanging up in my with all my other scarves that I have. But it's so. your favorite. It's it's the it's one of the most comfortable. <laughs> I will say that because. S- scarves mm-hmm. in the summer suck, mm-hmm. but the uh, the Rangers one is it's a nice, <laughs> it's a breathable fabric. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I I always get when we design scarves with the Red Watch, and I know the Rangers have done some as well. Um, it's very purposefully the summer scarf. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, like one of the things that we talked about, Mark and I, earlier on was because you know we wanted show merch stuff like that. And we're still working on like maybe a shirt or hat something. But yeah. I I brought up was like, why don't we do like a, a straight cut soccer scarf because we're both soccer nuts like let's do a nobody no other cigar podcast is doing a soccer scarf so we just need to get that going <laughs> we do so you get us in the right direction who we need to talk to i will and we will uh, we'll make something happen that'd be awesome and you know that's that's something too that started supporters groups have now transcended at least in america mm-hmm. have now started to transcend into established pro sports for hockey, mm-hmm. for baseball, yeah. Who would have yeah. thought you'd see supporters groups at a baseball game? Oh, the and the A's have a huge yeah. one, yeah, yeah. And that that, <laughs> that was a cross pollination, yep, with soccer fans that also enjoyed baseball. Brought that supporters culture over. I know the San Jose Sharks have a huge supporters mm-hmm. group, kind of fashioned after that. And with that, uh, scarves mm-hmm. have kind of transcended being a quintessentially football slash soccer uh, apparel item to now being across all sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I've got a uh, a navy scarf that I when I went to the Army Navy game. Oh wow! So I've got a, that. Uh, actually makes sense because it's usually played in the cold weather. <laughs> well, and I needed that for when I went to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. You but did. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want a wall of scarves. Mainly, it's mainly going to be of like the four teams that I'm a fan of. But there's every match day they have a match day scarf. So it's yeah. like, or for the big clubs and everything. So it's like, well, I got I got to fucking buy that one too to add yeah. to the collection. You know, I think the next thing uh, through the red watch handles I'll probably do is start pestering the club about doing some kind of um, cross game, the Rangers with the uh, uh, Little Rock. Is it the Stormers, the rugby club? Mm, Little yeah. Rock rugby club? Yeah. That would be fun to see, you know, and then to draw attention to the rug. We have a, a very good local very good. rugby club. And they're, yeah. Arkansas is a big rugby town. It yeah. really is. Actually, uh, like when it first started about – seven, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah. I had somebody who played that at Dugan's because Dugan's is my spot because yeah. I, I, and Dugan's is their main sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Because I, well, because I built Dugan's everything wood in Dugan's I, I built. So I'd always Jesus go, I'd always go there. And, and when I was watching uh, a, uh, a six nations game one day, just, mm. and a guy was like, you like rugby? I was like, Oh, I love rugby. He's like, you're good size. You want to try out? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I like it, but I am, no, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. <laughs> that is not that is not for me anymore. That's kind of my bucket list is to get back. I played intramurally in college, and then I actually played a pickup game here in Little Rock when I first moved here. And it wasn't my fault, but I still felt so bad. I hit a kid coming around the edge, <laughs> and he put his hands out and like, stiffened his elbows when he fell and broke both his wrists. Oh. And that kind of like <laughs> killed that for me, just kind of the horror of it in the moment. Yeah. And I was like, man. One day I'm going to go try out for the Little Rock Rugby. That's, that's going to be the next thing. I'm an avid cigar smoker. I, I'm not in the best physical peak condition, so that would be embarrassing. And that's a growing sport here in the United States as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, the the U.S. 7s is, is, is a great, great team. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we have, I mean, we have some big rugby fans up here as well. Yep. Did you know we have a, I think it's like a club sort of level, but we have Gaelic football here in yes. Little Rock now. We have a Gaelic yeah. football club. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, Little Rock is the melting pot of uh, European sports. I was just saying, it's the, it's the smallest big city. Mm-hmm. No one thinks of Little Rock, Arkansas, and imagines driving in there's going to be several skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, that's more of a benefit of, yeah, we're a small state. Yeah. Um, we're a small city, but we also sit dead center in the state and we're the center of business. We're the center of mm-hmm. government for the state. We're the, yeah. So you have a lot going for it right here. Um, we're also like the biggest small town mm-hmm. and coming back to that community is I think there's maybe a max of two degrees of separation in little rock yeah. as far as who knows people. It's yeah. very easy to get that news out there. And there's still a lot of people that don't know about the Rangers somehow, you know, for me and for you being soccer fans, like how do you not know about the Rangers at this point? But there's mm-hmm. still people yep, in the city, the untapped market. Yep. Yep. So work, uh, work, where can listeners find on online? Uh, online, I would say find uh, on all social media platforms. It's going to be at LR Rangers is the, is the Rangers club. And then if you'd like to follow the red watch as well, um, we're way funnier and less family friendly on Twitter. I say that's kind of our <laughs> prime place to go uh, for the banter. And if you want to just kind of tap into the lower league soccer culture as a whole in this country, mm-hmm. um, I would say Twitter, but then we're also on Facebook and we're also on Instagram and that would be at the red watch LR. Cool. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I, I, I I was trying to find my membership card. It's, I think it's in my safe somewhere, but I got, I've got the OG Oh yeah. Membership card. And you need to hang on to that. Cause we've got some stuff coming for the OG red watch members. <laughs> got that. I got the shirt. It might be a little snug at this point, but uh. no, you know, the thing is, is like, again, with independent supporters club, we were, we were trying things out when starting. So yeah. we tried that idea of like, you know, buying into mm-hmm. being the supporters club. Now it's open. Yeah. And that's kind of just a, a growing dynamic of one, you know, pooling ideas with more established groups. Yeah. And as, as the grain goes, as the game grows, sorry. Um, and kind of learning tech, not necessarily techniques, but how do you really enmesh yourself beyond supporting local nonprofits and supporting the players? And so things like we're putting together now is, hey, we didn't really get to do a fifth year anniversary for the club. So mm-hmm. now we're doing our sixth season, you know, mm-hmm. but it'll be our fifth year on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get a mailing list of everyone who's ever pulled on the Rangers jersey, men and women alike. Um, and played for us and let's put together a gift package to send them wherever in the world they may now be mm-hmm. um, and just reach out and, and touch them and let that be not just from the supporters but from the fans and give the fans an opportunity to be a part of that so whether it's hey let's get a rangers flag and let's let let's have a day where anyone can come by a table and sign for these players write a message if you remember something from that season <coughs> and, and let's send it off to them yeah. and i think what i've come to realize is the supporters were fans the fans are supporters. There's no, yeah, we have a specific section, but mm-hmm. we're a blending. Yeah. So how do you let the supporters be the fans? And how do you make sure that the fans are always welcome among the supporters? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't, I, just this two and a half hours has got me so fired up for this yeah. season. Yeah. So when is the, when is the first regular, I know they so the first haven't scheduled season, the, the preseasons yet. Yeah. So the first regular season game is scheduled for May the 12th. And it'll be at home against FC Houston. Okay. Let's see what day that is. Because I'll be there. May the 12th. May the 12th is a Wednesday. I'm not working that night. So I know where we'll be uh, May the 12th. 
And of course, I think there's probably four or five um, home games, exhibitions, friendlies. Mm-hmm. I I typically don't put friendly because I like, hey guys, that don't let the fans know. Is there you know, let them show up. Is, there, any, is like, there anything? Oh, friendly? it's just a friendly. It's probably a scrimmage. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're listened to in all fifty states. Reach out, find your local, local. club, yeah. support them, yeah. and hopefully one day we'll know we'll run into some of our listeners just through. Oh yeah, through that. I'll do another shameless plug. Um, just again because of just like rabbit holes mm-hmm. and lower league and the way that. You tap into, I love my lower league club. You love your lower league club and the connections that you make. I co-founded a group called Protagonist Soccer, and we cover exclusively lower league soccer in the country. And so if you want to follow or find Protagonist Soccer um, on Twitter or Facebook, uh, if that's a very easy, quick way to start dialing into connections to find lower league clubs, men and women's clubs all across the country. And that can be National League, and there's the National Premier Soccer League, the United Premier Soccer League, uh, USL League Two, um, as well as the women's leagues that are really thriving and growing right now. Mm-hmm. You have the Women's Premier Soccer League, WPSL, and you have the United Women's Soccer League, UWS. And there's a, a whole ton of growing, really vibrant as far as club culture, competition, and quality of play, both in the on the pitch and then also in their organizations of regional leagues. And I think that the future of soccer growth in this country is going to actually see quality regional leagues. Just because, as you mentioned earlier, geographically we're so spread out. Mm -hmm. So, again, coming back to community, Little Rock fans are going to love it far more when they look at a schedule that's going to have Shreveport and Memphis and Mm -hmm. Jackson, Mississippi and Tulsa and Oklahoma City on the schedule than – you know, Springfield, Illinois, mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, yeah, because right. there's a natural rivalry. Yeah. Like, one thing I you learned when I moved to Little Rock is I hate Memphis. And so within six months, I hate all things Memphis. <laughs> I'll go have a Memphis local beer. Your beer still sucks compared to what I get in Little Rock. <laughs> yeah. I remember two years ago, one of the, uh, the, the local Memphis magazines, he came over, or one of the writers came over and did a weekend in Little Rock. And one of the things he wrote in there that I actually kept the clipping and I still like look at it from time to time and banter with, folks in Memphis is that he wrote in there. He's like, somehow little rock has three times the breweries of Memphis. And that just seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, to Didn't seem wrong to me to, to play off what you said about, you know, um, you, you, the small local clubs, there's a podcast I listen to called, uh, the total total soccer show. Oh, that's a great show. And at the end of every show, they do that little clip of like, they, they get like correspondence from your look, from the small local clubs that do a ride in and stuff. And that's just, that's how you really learn about, you know, the other small clubs that are around the U S and it's yeah. so cool. Just like people will do, I mean, they're, they're Homer, they're, they're like little Homer write-ups, yeah. but you just hear that passion. Yeah. From that, whoever is writing that that little review about their their club, you know, it's they might have, be a supporter for Columbus United or whatever in the U.S., but for their small city, yeah. that's their club, so they're gonna you know write it up to as, as good as they can. And and I love that they read those and and just talk about you know a handful after every show. And that's that's one of my favorite you know so, uh, soccer to- total soccer show. And I know one of the founders there he recently passed. And yeah. He, he was, he was, uh, he, he was battling cancer for yeah. a while. And, and that, in that, in that battle that he was, he was waging was largely private. Mm-hmm. Um, people didn't realize what he was going through or to the extent that he was. And mm-hmm. I think even to the day before his passing, he was still like plugging mm-hmm. local soccer and trying to help find mm-hmm. uh, new wow. content and reaching mm-hmm. out to local clubs. 
And I know his tagline was hello and welcome. Mm -hmm. And that's just a great gateway. And I think the total soccer show really opened it up for the, just the number of quality local soccer podcasts Mm -hmm. that are thriving now. Yep. Yeah. And there's, and especially when it comes to like either uh, gold cup time or world cup time, they break down every single club team do like almost Mm. like a damn near whole show on every team. And they, they do their homework and everything. So it's uh, just a, it's a, it's a show I like to plug and, and listen to on the regular. But yeah, whenever he, whenever he died is like, whenever he told everybody, you know, what he was going through, I was like, damn, like you, you never, you never knew because he never led on to it because he was still doing those shows all the time. And then it just, yeah. My, uh, that protagonist, my co-founder, Dan Vaughn, which he's, He's really taken off and run with that since we found it. And I've he's he's given me a lot of leeway because I've kind of wandered in and out with coaching youth soccer and being involved as a you know a president of a sports group first and foremost. But mm-hmm. he had really developed a relationship with him, and he he had an anecdotal story where just a few days before he passed, he'd actually reached out, "Hey, do you have time to do this?" And the response he got back was, "Hey, man, you know when I feel a little better in a couple of days, can I get back to you?" And he's like, "Of course, yeah, deal with what." And he's just no one really knew the severity of it in mm-hmm. that moment because he had a passion for the sport. He yeah. had a passion for community. He had a passion for giving voice to people that had passions for their community. Yep. yep. Wow. And his, his, the, I guess the, his co-partner then big United fan. So they're <laughs> getting everywhere, man. I guess you guys are all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, well, we appreciate you coming on. And this was awesome. So much. Thank you. This so was much. great. And if you're local, um, <clears throat> make sure you get out to a game this year. Yep. It is a ton of fun. Um, it's a good time. Support the team. Um, like I said, we really enjoyed. We will be seeing more games this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll more than likely be at the home opener uh, yep. that night. Uh, with everything that's going on, do you know rule-wise what they're, what they're going to have to go through for, for this season go- coming up? I don't know the as far as entry standards, you know, mm-hmm. especially with – the latest news that, hey, the vaccines are to be available to everyone by May 1st. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to open up the opportunity with the home opener being the 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're going to have other games coming up right around that time prior to the 12th. Um, I'm not sure yet, you know, with War, Memor- War Memorial Stadium loving the Rangers and making that that uh, facility available to them. You know, War Memorial, I think, holds 52,000 yeah. at max capacity. You know, one day... <laughs> One day, can you imagine that being packed? Jesus, that venue and the awesome. way the sound carries in that venue uh-huh. and swirls in there. Uh-huh. Um, I, is it the? Uh, oh God, he's the coach at Mississippi State now. The, the pirate, the football coach. Oh, and he's talked about yeah. days. They're like, well, what was the, what was the opposing facility you've ever been in that was like the most intense? And he brought up when he was an assistant coach, and I forget who it was for or with. But he said, oh, my God, War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock when that place is packed. The mm-hmm. way the sound just it, it's is a on bowl, you. It's an old school bowl. Yeah, and he said mm-hmm. the way the fans are right up on top of you mm-hmm. and the way that, that the, the bleachers are set up there. And can you just imagine what that place would be packed and the opportunity. And, you know, Little um, Chattanooga, back to them, they've hosted uh, national team games and friendlies. So mm-hmm. it's not that the national teams are opposed to going to smaller markets. Yeah. And so I think the the time is coming maybe in five years, maybe before that, maybe after that, where we will have the opportunity to host national team, you know, matches here. Yeah, that'd be but awesome. my gosh, War Memorial Stadium, 52,000 fans. 
Um, that's not going to happen this year. You know, maybe it'll be five, maybe, maybe a year of no sports to watch and, and being cooped up. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see it. And I, I wouldn't shock me if we did see an increased number of fans, yeah. but they'll be able to spread us out yeah. as needed yeah. Yeah. in War Memorial. I yeah. bet. Well, I can't, I can't wait for it. So just a, you know, a month and a half away and absolutely. Get, get All right, man. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're local here, make sure you check them out. If you're not check out your other local, uh, club that you have get involved somehow um, i'm telling you like if you watching watching soccer on tv as opposed to going to a game it's it's a total night and day difference like you just get fully immersed yep and it's i mean it, it's it's a it's something that everybody should experience once and especially with a local club just mm. seeing the passion it's uh it's well worth it and most of the times you're not you're not going to break the bank going to a game no not at all I mean, and i and i i just tag on to what mark said if you're not local and you have a you know you like to get out of wherever you're at um, <laughs> for a week in this summer. You know, come to Little Rock. Yeah, come Amen. come for come for a local soccer game. Yeah. You know, come for the the local food, the local beer, the local smoke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll you know I'm going to make Aaron or Mark be your local tour guide. Hey, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll uh, we'll we'll have a cigar waiting for you. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank and, you so uh, much, guys. Yeah, no problem. At all. This is great. Yeah. We will see everybody next week. Be good. Later.